We were good, we were gold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right, till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. Mm, I didn't want to leave you, I didn't want to lie, started to cry but then remembered I, I can buy myself flowers.
I, I, I mean, tonight it's it's just kind of crazy how all this stuff works out. But anyway, um, no, we want one side of the mic and not the other side. Yeah, I've seen that too. Anyway, tonight's guest is Scott. It's Sky McKinnon. Sky, are, are you ready to ready to win? You ready? You pumped up, man. You ready to kick some butter? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or so. I mean, I know. I know you've heard about some of the stuff that goes on over there. And uh, Jimmy, what do you mean? <laughs> no, really, it's a it's like a whirlwind when you get there. I mean, it's it's you 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 get checked into your room. I think they give you the first day to kind of. Um, get comfortable and then bam, <laughs> it's like, it's like Emerald when he cooks, bam. I mean, it's just, no guys, trust me. I know I go to a lot of their classes and a lot of the other stuff they go to. So I'm there with them. So I know what they're going through. It's just, I'm not, I'm not an author or an illustrator. So I'm just there as a, an, as a happy observer. Yes. Yes. Oh man. There's a lot of tears. So there's a lot of other stuff that goes on. It's just so much stuff that, um, that actually some of we can't actually even talk about tonight because there are certain things that are, that are still secret because we were still, uh, we're still two months out. But so, uh, so have you heard any horror stories or anything? Have you heard it's just going to be fun or scary or something in between? I'm I'm just interested. I always ask what people hear about it before (laughs) they get there. Oh man. Now I haven't heard any horror stories and depending on like uh, your ability to think on your feet. I mean, I've heard some of the projects that have you working on there, like you get prompts, you got to turn around, do work 24 hours, really nitty gritty business stuff. So if you're not used to that, I could see that being stressful, but horror stories. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've heard that just a lot of excitement, a lot of love from everyone who's been there, who's had the privilege of coming back around to get more involved in the contest and author services. But generally what I see and what I feel myself is just a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation, even after, you know, so many times entering, watching so many friends and colleagues get a chance to go and have that experience. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'll tell you that it is one of those things that'll be with you. It'll, it'll be with you for life. That's for sure. And, and, you know, with them and they look at it differently, once you win, you're part of their family, you know? So I, I see a lot of times cause I travel with them. Sometimes I, I catch them up at Dragon Con or, or Fanex or something like that, or some of the other places we may be headed to. And I'll come hang out with them in a booth. We'll do interviews. But what's nice about it is you'll see a lot of the winners in the booth, you know, whoever happens to be living around there or somebody just flew in or whatever. They give you that time, you know, to do that. And with with and with with Sarah and Emily out there selling, it attracts a lot of attention because uh, them girls can hustle. And so, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, no, I'm serious. I mean, I, I give Sarah shit about it all the time, but um, they really they are they they can they look they can sell holy water to the Pope. I'm not kidding you, man. But anyway, it, anyway, it attracts a lot of attention. So you're sitting there with your books or your your artwork or whatever you're there for, and uh, and you you get to be part of that excitement and part of that. And then, and then, you know, going back to LA, the 24 hour story is, is one of my favorites to watch because I got a lot of good film on that. A lot of good footage where, where some of these people's heads look like they were going to go. <laughs> Stories like, Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I wrote it. And then I looked at it and I threw it away. And then I wrote another, I looked at it again. And then I looked at the clock and it's 4 a.m. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It gets, you know, stories like that, but they, they get through it and all. And, um, you know, you have 10 powers and, uh, Jody Lanai hosting that class and, um, they're really good at what they do. And they're a lot of fun to listen to lots of really good advice. And, you know, you know, they just take them and throw them downstairs and whichever one lands up, it's the ones they use to torture people with. But, um, 
it was, we mean, Chris, if that's a true story, it's a semi-true story. Yes, it's, it's, it, in a way, it's a true story, but we, we can't get into that right now, but it is a semi-true story. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And then there's so many other things. They, they, they show you how to prompt. I can't remember the lady's name, and I really like this woman. Um, so she was, she went around, she gave everybody like three sheets of paper, and then she started giving them little things, you know, thimbles and all kind of little dumb stuff. And a 20, it was a 20 sided dice. So when you roll a 20 sided dice, you look on the first list and it would have a category or something. And then you would pick that and then you'd roll it again and you go to the next list. And then those four or five things would give you the basis of your story. It was interesting to watch. So when it was all said and done, because uh, I, I actually heard some pretty good stories come out of it just sitting there in the class with them. When it's all said and done, she walks up, she hands me the stack of papers, the dice, and some other stuff. She said, I know you can do this. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll try, but I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling the love, sweetie. But, I mean, they're really good. And, and I mean, everybody I met there is really good. And, and to be honest with you, and keep this in the back of your head when you're there. It's a, it's a good piece of advice I'm going to give you. Everybody's very approachable. They want you to talk to them. And I'm this is a little secret, but they want they they really want you to come up and approach them and talk to them because they feel like that's the people who are really going to be the guys that get ahead. The guys and the ladies, sorry, uh, that are going to get ahead. You know, they're going to be the ones that go out and change the world and change the industry. Because, you know, they're they're out there, you know, because you know, they're showing themselves when they want to know the information. I mean, Dean Wesley Smith has so much information he could he could fill a freaking encyclopedia. Um and, and then all, and there's nobody there who doesn't. I mean, whether they're an author or an illustrator, they're at the top of that line. And so it's it's always great to hang out with them and listen to them. Um, I don't always know who's going. to – They don't tell me who the speakers are until I get there. So uh, I get and I know most of the speakers personally, but still, but they like to be approached and they like to be asked questions. And you know, they call it, um, oh, oh hell, uh, now I forgot they call it. Well, anyway, in the evenings, everybody usually gets in one of the lobbies. And sits around and starts having cocktails, and uh, there's a ton of information gets exchanged right there. And you'd be surprised how many of them will invite you to lunch with them. Yeah, that is one of the big things I've heard over and over again from past winners is just the the generosity, the the friendliness, just the welcomeness of that community once you make it you get there to the workshop i i think what you were referring to i've heard as a barcon i don't know if that's the yeah that's a that's term, a that's but. official name barcon that's what it is that's actually <laughs> what it is for the room it was just out of my brain but um and they do everybody will sit around and chat and um everybody's very approachable very nice you get a lot of good stories you'll get a lot of good information a lot of tidbits and stuff that because they're going to teach you a lot in the class but when you're just sitting around snacking and drinking uh, whether it's coke or, or booze everybody's looser, everybody's more relaxed. So everybody's just asking, you know, and, and it'll get a little bit more personal and, and stuff will come out. And it really helps, helps the people who are, who are winning to really understand what they're going to be going through if they really want to be successful in the future. And it's a good, good basis to jump your ass out into the world and do it. Because uh, I know a lot of the authors coming in are already working and trying to, to get in certain places on there. So uh, I was just getting ready to ask him the name of the story. Chris, just calm down, man. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, guy, what's the name of your story? Since Chris is about to jump out of the page over here to, to ask you, um, what, what? yeah, the the name of the story I have come up in the anthology is uh, "The Edge of Where My Light Is Cast." 
This is gonna be interesting. Now, now I know. Just give me a little tidbit because I don't want to. I don't want to give give it away. One because I'm going to read it myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh, but just just it's. I know it's hard to give a tidbit on these short stories, but um, just a little tidbit to kind of let people know wh- what it is, so they we well, all can jump around and read whatever story you want first. People, I'm just telling you, you don't have to read them in order. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not what you have to do, uh, but I, just give me a little tidbit. And I'm gonna shut up and let you you go ahead and figure this out. Yeah, so so just a little bit of a teaser. This is a story told from the perspective of a simulated house cat, and really the first mystery you jump in with is they are suddenly aware that their owner, this person that they have a very close bond with, is missing. They haven't been home for a few days. And really getting into that mentality of something is wrong. They need to find this person. They need to solve that mystery. And it's a very, I guess, down to earth story, despite being this fantastic, this sort of perspective of a digital persona and kind of investigating that. But it was just a lot of fun to get into that character, a a lot of fun to play with. And I hope people really enjoy both figuring out that mystery and just a lot of the philosophical underpinnings of that. Well, see, didn't that sounds interesting? I, I got some, so what is that genie? Well, I know we, we you're not going to do it till the book gets out. No, I get a, I get an advanced copy so I can read it before um, I get there. Usually it'll come in a week or two and then uh, I'll read it. And then I'll read it on a plane coming in. Yes. I, I like to read it on a plane. Well, that's what I'm saying. Once you read it the first time, it's easy to read it in a couple of hours, um, even though, well, that's them back there. Well, 40 is not back there, but this is 31, 36, 32, 33, 30, 36. Uh, what is that? 37 over there, 38. That's actually one of the stories from last year made into a novel right there. Uh, he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, David Hankins. It's uh, The Death of a Taxman. It's a good story. It, it, was, it was an interesting story. So, And that's another thing. As, as we're going along, we tell people all the time, you know, when you go into books or when you get books, we when they come back as guests, we put them up there and they stay up there until it gets too full and we have to move them to another book, um, you know, put it, to put up another book. Matter of fact, Wolf Moon's Super Secrets uh, sitting right here in front of me on uh, how to write a good book, a howling good story. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, these kind of things are really good for y'all. It's, it's just a plus way to sell things. And, you know, Bob the alien back here likes to read. So he, he keeps stacking up books. And it's one of those. So, um, when, when did they say you were arriving, was it like Saturday or something? Or I know it's different. I, I'm always curious though. Yeah. We're, I believe coming in Friday night, getting some time to settle in and then things will kick off on that Saturday. If I'm remembering yeah, that release correctly. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Cause the gala is one day early this year. It's yeah. usually on Friday. So it's on Thursday, Thursday this year. And uh, what do you mean, Jimmy Lee? I have no idea what hotel is. No, I'm telling you. Joni doesn't tell me anything until she sends me the. Uh, actually, when she sends me the flight information, she still doesn't tell me what hotel is. When they pick me up, we go full into the hotel. <laughs> I know what hotel we're at. No, I'm serious. I, it's well, really, I don't really need to know where the hotel is. I'm not going to tell any of you, so I don't need to know. If I asked her, yes, she would tell me, but I, that's not something I really feel like I. <laughs> he's such an <laughs> idiot. Um. No, you can't. Now you might be. Now you might get to meet Sky, like if he shows up at one of the Dragon Cons or one of the places like that. But the Riders of the Future event is a closed event. It's for winners, press, and judges, and of course, um, author services people. 
all the service people are great. They're, I don't know how many of you have got to meet yet, uh, Sky, but they're a great group over there. Um, they're just, there's a just plus. They've got a great ca- cappuccino machine there too. Sorry. Oh. I love this thing. This is one of those big gold monstrosity <laughs> ones. <laughs> it looks like you have to have a PhD to work this thing. Oh, man. I got a picture of it somewhere. It's, it's a great. No, it makes a great cup of coffee. I mean, great cappuccino. I ate la- last three times I went, I got some. I went over and talked Joni, the other Joni, into making me some. Um, but see, there's lots of good stuff like that. You'll get to visit, you know, all of that stuff over there, and you'll get to see how all of it's set up. Um, it's 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 just an interesting thing. And, and then, you know, they sneak in tours and stuff. Uh, last year they went to the uh, the tar pits and things like that. It's so, like you come and I'm like, no, I got other things I'm doing. Thank you. <laughs> I don't really, I don't, I, you know, I could care less about did dinosaurs. I ain't gonna lie to you about it. It's just one of those things. So I mean, uh, so you got to talk to Joni, right? That's who called and told you and uh, said, hey, uh, you just won. Yeah, that, that is one of the best experiences. I think it's it, it's really that second phone call because uh, about mm-hmm. a decade ago I. Got to be a finalist, got to talk to her a little bit. But once you've started entering the contest, I mean, Joni is, she's very busy. She does a lot Mm -hmm. of good work, but she also really goes out of her way to build a professional relationship, a friendly relationship with the writers in the contest, even if they haven't hit that that winning finalist streak yet. She's a member of the community. And it's just... She is. She's. She. She's just a lot of fun, and uh, she is a whirlwind. I'm not gonna lie to you, but she's. She's a lot of fun. She's um, nonstop. When I see her, it's like <laughs> she's great. Cause she'll. She'll. What I like about her is because I'm press. You know, I'm there. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of them now because I've been there. This will be my fourth year, fifth group, fourth year, and uh, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm actually friends with quite a few of them now. But it should go out of her way. She'll come swinging by. Tell you, everything's good. You need anything? Everything's great. You need anything? Room's okay. Food's good. Everything's good. Everything's working right. I'm like, yeah, Joni, cool. She's like, okay. And then um, she always gives me a great seat at the gala. Got you know. So I mean, it's front front row, first stage to the left. It's always a great place. She just makes sure. I don't even know how she does it to be honest with you, because there's so many of us. It's you know, it's not just the winners. It's the judges. It's the other people. It's people like me. She, and somehow or another, she keeps up with all of them, you know, or like in the morning, I'll see her, I'll be having breakfast with John, she'll whiz, she'll whiz by, Phew. good, good, okay, see y'all later, <laughs> she's gone, <laughs> man, it's like, what the hell just came by, uh, but Emily, Emily's the same way, Um, once, once they start working on um, putting the gala together, she's just, you, you, you only see her late at night when they're coming back or early in the morning, she's another whirlwind, she's like, Phew, John and I just we just goof off and walk around and talk with people. No, I'm just kidding. John, John stays busy too. No, John's the big boss, Chris. He's the president of Galaxy Press. Yes, he's the big boss, and he's the one to make sure everything goes on over there. No, I'm I'm media. That's what I'm there for. I'm considered friendly media. That's why I'm there. Uh-huh. And at the very end of the uh, lecture, at the very end of the thing, I give a little lecture about an hour and a half long about. Um, really how to deal with people like me or how to deal with people like me when I'm in a bad mood would be a better way of saying it. Um, Cause you never know what kind of jackass you, you, you know, you get called in a press and they might've read your story or just looked at your cover and decided whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and I, and I tell people call them out. I said, if you get with a host and they're giving you crap and they've told you, you read that they, they, uh, they read your story. I'd ask them questions about it. I would too. I'd be like, Oh, well, you know, when the character did this, you know, how'd you like what happened next? 
<laughs> and they're like, duh, <laughs> you got them. They have to be nice after that because they look like a moron. <laughs> I mean, this is easy ways to get them. It is. So, man, coming in Friday, going to be out there hanging out, getting ready. So um, I always ask this question, how many times? Five, six, 10, 20, 50. Because uh, it's just this, this thing about winning varies a lot from people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I've gotten this question a lot. And I, yeah, well, 14 question, seems to be the average, but still, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, for me, I lost track because I started entering this contest, you know, when, when I was like 18 around. And that's that's been more time than I'm willing to admit. But, you know, I, you know, over the course of 20 years, you enter sometimes every quarter and the life gets busy. You take a break. For me, it's it's got to be somewhere over 30. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of folks who will track like their exact records. And I think that's really cool. But yeah, that's yeah, it. for well, me, you, it's been over 30. Well, you're in good company with 30. I, I talked to quite a few almost 30. Um, it was very few under 10. There was a couple of one timers, which, wow, I'm like, wow, really? First, there's more first timers with the illustrators than there is with the authors, though. Yeah, uh, but a lot of the authors, when I asked, it was it was between like twelve and twenty or twenty two. But then um, a lot of the, and I shouldn't say it like this. I hope nobody's listening. But a lot of the really good stories seem to have come from some of the ones that took a little longer to get in. I know Pre- Preston Dennett, I think, took forty nine times to get in. Um, there's a couple others that were thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine, and all of them had really good stories. So. I don't, I don't think it really matters. I think it, I think it's just the luck of the draw because you, it's also the competition that year. You know, it's not just, it's not just how good your story is. It's also how good those other 12 people ahead of you one is, you know, so it's, it's a tough. And I mean, they got what they got honorable mention and a couple other things that they give. And um, I like the fact that they're willing to tell you, Hey, you know, if you'd have done this, you might've had a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they're, the, the, the contest does provide a good kind of metric of how you are developing as a writer. But once you start hitting that semi-finalist, finalist tier, it uh, you, you said luck. And that, that is a little bit a part of it because you don't know what other people are writing. And the best thing you can do to, I guess, refine your chances is look like push for a niche, something that means something to you that not everyone else is doing because uh, one thing I consistently heard from the coordinating editors is you get to quarter three, quarter four someone might send a, in a really good like cyborg story but you know they've already had a winner in quarter two and you have no way of knowing that and um, yeah, I know that that's the, that's the thing you don't really yeah so at that point it becomes one it's a bit of luck because you you put together an anthology you want to have a really strong variety that works well together so it's not just the best story but it's also the best fit for the collection it's it's all these other things so it becomes also about persistent and i think that does accurately reflect if you're going into traditional publishing the kind of selection that goes in there as well but again there's a lot of people that if you're trying to get in if it's you know your 10th 20th 30th time entering uh, stick with it because one thing i consistently see is that writers that reach that level that really stick with it that that your time will come Oh, I agree. I, I mean, if if you've got that willpower to stay in there, um, it will. Especially since the fact that you, sometimes you get feedback that can help you either help that that that's that particular story, or um, you know, either help that particular story or help you lead to a better story. Uh, uh, you know, a better story that comes out of it. I, it's you know, when I talk to everybody, it's strange because you'll hear 
oh, I got honorable mention, but I got I got um, some advice with it, or I got this, and uh, I got some advice that would help me. Uh, and sometimes it'll even go into what the advice was, and and you know what? Of course, it must have all been good because they're all winners now, you know. <laughs> or they, I wouldn't be talking to them. So uh, it does work out. It it is a little strange though it's, it, to watch, but still, and it does take it. it, it, it and you know, and I'm going to ask you this, but I mean, I know it takes a certain amount of, of willpower because, you know, rejections are still rejections, whether it's from writers of the future or anybody else that you're sending to, you know, I always ask the host, how, I mean, how do you do with it? You got an outlet for that? You go out and kick the dog or something, go jogging or, or just, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of people do it with different ways and, and some people doesn't even bother. So are you one of the ones you can write and say, oh, well, I, I didn't get it and say, I'll just try it next time. Yeah, um, I would say when I was younger, those first two rejections really hurt. I would take them really personally, and I'd have a lot of identification and investment in that story. And uh, it it is one of those things you grow with thicker skin for over time. I, me, nothing in particular I did to cope with it. Just spend time with friends and loved ones, pursue other things I'm interested in, and then get back to it. I think in terms of overall willpower for me. Uh, the writing and the storytelling comes before the publishing. I that is how I mm-hmm. find joy in life. That is how I express myself. So even if honestly, I hit a point where I was like, okay, this I'm never going to win this contest. I'm probably never going to be traditionally published. But it, because the writing was there for me, I just kept doing it, and it, so it was really surprising and a really pleasant surprise to get that call from Joni. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. it's... I tell people all the time, you have to apply yourself. And you're, if you're steadily doing it and you're paying attention to the advice and, you, and you're really watching what you're doing, eventually you're going to get there. I mean, and, and again, you know, it does have a lot to do with competition because uh, there is a lot of competition. A lot of people submit. One of the reasons that they brought me on board was to help them to bring in more overseas because we have a huge overseas audience um, to help them to bring in more overseas people. And there's quite a few more now these years. And, so I mean, it's it's some. I mean, it's not even like you're competing. You're competing with the freaking world. So the fact that you won is a damn good thing. I mean, this I think this contest is currently at least in 100, 140 countries. Uh, that's where it's recognized at. So I'm thinking, Jesus, man, that's a lot of people to be competing <laughs> with. But yet, you know, you're still there. I mean, uh, I know one of the great best pieces of advice I ever heard any of them give. Don't listen to your mom. Don't listen to your dad. Don't listen to your brother. Don't listen to your sister. Go find one of your friends that is a real, you know what, and say, hey, read this for me. And I, and I can understand that, you know, because when I first got into radio and, and um, I, I do stuff and I, I'd send it to my mom. My mom said, you plan on doing this for a living? I said, no, I got a construction company. She's like, you're just really, you're going to do this? Joe, it's horrible. man." I'm like, mom, Really? <laughs> she's no it's horrible i said so i'd get on there and i'm like you know my mom says it's horrible i had about a hundred thousand followers back then i was like i was like hmm, something's not right <laughs> maybe i need to get some other advice but i mean it's it's one of those things with um sky i mean tell them you got anything you're getting ready to work on you can try publishing some other stuff or uh, before i let you get out of here oh yeah i've got a novel in the works that i'm revising right now hoping to get in the young adult scene uh, I grew up reading Redwall, uh, Watership Down, a lot of stuff in that family. So I would love to uh, 
get a chance to kind of continue that myself. That was a big part of my childhood and just seeing those stories to continue to develop. Uh, I'm also hoping to, uh, if everything goes well, start up a free kind of online web series that's got, uh, if you like the story in the anthology, because it's got the perspective from, I mean, it is kind of an AI, but also from a cat. Um, I'm working on a series of small town kind of cozy mysteries that I'm hoping to get launched. So I will release more of that when I'm able to. Well, let's see. That kind of stuff actually sounds fun. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, I love hanging out with all of y'all because I've always been told because one of the other organizations I'm associated with uh, does a lot of research and they've been bugging me for I don't know, two decades to write a book. So hanging out with y'all and listening to you on the radio and then getting to talk with all, I mean, getting to talk with all of the uh, judges, I may actually get one done. I got 67,000 words written. So uh, just, I feel I pity the fool who has to edit <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know if, if if you can do that work that is so much of it is the discipline you, to do that work it is but you know what and i'll be tr- honest about this before we bring tyler on it's uh it mostly happens when i'm out there with them when i'm here it's a lot harder because it's so much like i'm in studio right now just all and you it's just always so much going on here and uh, and this studio I'm in right now is actually in the house so there's always something going on here and i had a construction company day so my life it gets hectic when i'm there I'm just there for that. So in the evenings, after I get through with all the interviews, like, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I'll just sit there at the desk and it just flows. And I guess if I could find that kind of peace, around here, <laughs> I could do it. But it's just, I've tried, man. I just, I can't, it's just too hard to do here. But, but you know, I, I guess I need more of a focus in a, a regular writer or a professional writer or someone who does this. I just, my, my brain just cannot focus in when there's all kind of other BS going on around me. But I've watched a good friend of mine. Um, he, he's a professional writer. He writes nine to five, by the way. He's got 168 books now. And that's what he does. He gets up in the morning. Now, it's, he's got his own office, but you'll hear the dogs barking, the kids playing shit going on. He's still, I went over visiting him when I'm talking to him. He's, yeah, Jay, how you been? He's typing away while he's talking to him. I said, are you sure you're not typing our conversation? He said, no, I'm good. I said, how can you? Man? He said, don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> what the hell ever, man? I couldn't, you couldn't pay me money to do that, man. I'm just <laughs> you couldn't. But, uh, Scott, you've been great, man. I can't wait to meet you when we get out to L.A. Um, we'll get hooked up. Um, so... Uh, one of the nice things about this, the people who get on now get get earlier shots at the the longer interviews um, because y'all were y'all came in first. The further down the list they are, uh, the longer it may take to actually get a real interview in. Because when we do an hour or two hours, we can only do so many a day because we're 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 dividing our time between y'all the. Um, contest people the contest itself the judges and of course john and some other people also out there doing interviews so it gets a little hectic is what it gets like but i can't wait to see you nice to talk to you it's guy i hope uh, i hope man i hope to see i just hope to see everything goes really good while you're here man because it's a lot of fun like i said it's tiresome but it's a lot of fun (laughs) so thanks again man yeah thank you for having me on and i'm really looking forward to it yes it is and then i see we have what is that? Taylor Vale. How you doing down there in the, in the green room? We have to, we can't hear you right now, but he's in the green room, but I'm going I'm to drag you up here in a second. And, uh, boop. And there you are, Taylor. How you doing? That's guys getting ready to go. And, uh, he's, he's one of the other winners. You'll get to meet him when you're out there in uh, Los Angeles and, uh, you know, partying every night until you can't die. <laughs> yeah, I need to bring some board games, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's fun, but well, Tyler, hey, and, uh, nice to meet you right off the bat. Um, so, uh, why don't you tell just tell her, just 
tell our audience just a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, I'm uh, Tyler. Been a uh, been practicing art, like trying to go into it full time uh, as a career for about four years now. When I first got into it, um, I didn't realize how difficult it was, and I really wanted to make a career out of it. I was working at grocery stores, just trying to make a living. And um, four years later, I'm still struggling to get as good as I want to be because there's, there's always trying to get that next level and next level, and looking at those people that have been doing it for 20 years. So. Um, oh, so you wanted to illustrate it. I, 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 yeah. I can't see what it looks like. Uh, I should have made John send it to me. Damn it. Um, or Carmen, I should have actually made him send it to me. think about it. But so wait, so, you, so you're so you going to get to meet some legends, man, when you get out there. I mean, some yeah. serious legends. And, uh, and, you know, Echo's tough. I ain't going to lie to you, man. She's good at what she does, but she's tough. She, she, and she's a coordinated judge, but she's she's really good. Usually Tom Wood's there, who's he does, you know, NFL, NBA stuff like that. He's uh He's he's a he's a character. I'll just say I like him. We hang out, and then uh, Santos is there. Uh, Dan DeSantis is there. He's usually there. Yeah, he's and, one of my favorites. Yeah, he's because he's an outstanding artist. Is what he is. Every time I you uh, know what, start too? a new piece, I go over there and look in his portfolio and try to steal whatever I can. Yeah. Well, he's a great artist, and he's actually a really nice guy, man. He's he's easy to talk to. He likes to talk with y'all. He's uh, very laid back. You know, I was telling Sky about the the judges. You know, when you when you're at the bar con, they want they want to chat. A lot of times they'll invite you to lunch with them and stuff, or they'll just hang out. Or if they, they might catch like a group of y'all sitting in, in the lobby and just come out and talk and say, want to hang out, like in the barbecue, uh, they'll all be out there chatting with everybody. It's, it's just, it's a very laid back atmosphere for as intense it is, because it's actually quite intense, but it's also in, in a way it's kind of laid back in, in the same stroke. But, um, but everybody, um, everybody there is all get the same goals to better themselves and come out of this. Um, you know, they're already a winner. So, you know, that's already better in themselves as far as the career goes. And, you know, I talk to a lot of people <clears throat> about writers of the future when I'm out lecturing and, um, it's, it's well received. People really like it. I mean, the, the books are good. The artwork is good. Uh, I've met some fabulous, like, uh, some fabulous artists last year, which, uh, I'm not even going to mention the name because they already get too much press as it is. <laughs> it's, uh, well, you know, I was telling Sky earlier, um, authors tend to be a little bit more outgoing at these things than the illustrators are. Um, usually we'll get the illustrators will be way more um, inverted than extroverted. Not all of them, just most of them. Uh, there was two particular young ladies last year who were, let's just say, very outgoing <laughs> and leave it at that. But they did a great job and. um well, Larry Elmore was there last year, <clears throat> and um, uh, April Solomon and his head just admired the daylights at him, and they were both doing dragon. So we got a dragon contest coming up uh, later this year. I'm getting uh, three of the best artists that come to Writers of the Future and three of the winners, and we're going to see who does the best dragon. So we're going to do it for a charity. But, and uh, it's going to be an open contest, so anybody can actually join. But it's, it's just one of those things <clears throat> we've been wanting to do for a while, and I've been talking with Larry about it last time I was in L.A., and uh, he's like, well, I'll do it. You know, I drive bus dragons ever. I'm like, okay, lad. And, and he's, but he's, he's a lot of fun, man. I mean, you, you'll enjoy yourself. I mean, um, they're there for the questions. They're there to help you with style. And, you know, for somebody who can only draw a stick, man, I learned a lot about shading and other stuff like that. I mean, really, I can only draw a stick, man. But now I know how to shade the stick, man. <laughs> yeah. Learned that from Santos, actually. And from Dan. And um, it's just... You know, I spend a lot of time with them because a lot of them have um, oils. 
and uh and i'm a big fan of oil paintings for some reason don't ask me why it's it's um it's it's just really nice man so 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 how many times it take you to get in five six twenty fifty doesn't matter and as long as you win you win that's all that matters uh, yeah. sky got in first time man damn this is, this is my first time of playing too um i've been following it for about three years and then my friend was like you have to apply i was like there's no way i'm gonna win and uh so i applied first time uh, got in yeah well see the illustrators do well illustrators do a little better with first timers than the authors do for some reason i'm not exactly sure why but uh there was a first time winner last year. i think it's been a first time winner since i've uh with the illustrators since i've been with them uh it's a lot of fun i mean there's so much stuff you're gonna learn they bring in live models which is really nice because i was oh, sitting there one day yeah and, I, and i'm like who the hell is these two people in here these two girls carrying swords and stuff around and that goes that's the models i said what models she said no the models for the, the class i'm like what so then she goes up there with herself and lays down and poses how she wants the girls to pose i was cracking up i said you know i get pictures of that for blackmail in the future right also <laughs> <laughs> matter yeah, she's 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 a, but she's a lot of fun um you know she she's she's really good at what she does and i noticed the classes are very responsive um to how she does things so but they all give great classes so you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fun and it's 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 definitely interesting and i don't know if dan's coming this year and i know he tries to come every year because he's a blast to hang out with and uh dan tom and echo hang out together most of the time so they're all three a blast and uh, I got in trouble two years because they said I got them all drunk. I did not. That, that was a rumor. That was a rumor. No, there was no evidence for that at all. <laughs> there was no evidence. Um, but I, I mean, they really are. It's, it's it's just it's a lot of fun and, and it's a lot of win. So um, so have you heard anything scary about the the artists out there? I'm just curious because you know rumors get started. You never know what people hear. Uh, no, the the only one I've heard is uh, DeSantos can be uh, hard on his students, but that's, yeah, that's well, usually can. what you want when you you pay to be a student. You want them to be hard on you, so that way you learn more effectively, right? They're just like, oh, good job, good job, every time. You're not well, learning all, all that much. You'll see with the artists, they're the illustrator people, the, the, the judge are a little bit tougher because they figure, look, we got you for X amount of days. Mm-hmm. All right, we want you to be successful, and 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 it's not just that. And I'm gonna tell you a little secret. Sometimes the artists hire some of the winners to come to work with them. Um, you know, if somebody's behind on projects or if for some reason they like a particular individual, they'll put them to work. And I've seen them do it several times now, which I've actually been quite impressed with that they've got it. And I know um, too, the, now the gaming companies are looking for more illustrators because they just need more. But now since they're going to be introducing AI into this, the illustrator, I mean, the gaming companies have decided that we're going to keep all of our illustrators and hire more to oversee what AI does. So they're going to get all their illustrators together and do the design, and then they're going to turn it over to AI and let AI mass produce it. But they still want their illustrators babysitting it to make sure it's exactly what the company wants. Uh, the only real difference for them is, is instead of taking maybe three months to get a draft together or something good, they'll do the original draft with the illustrators and then AI will put it all together in probably about a week or faster. So that, that just, that just speeds it up for me, people like you and I to get the games faster. That's all. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see what happens with laws uh, too. Yeah, we do. And because right now it's, it's, you can't sell it. Cause it's, you know, matter of fact, you can't, uh, not this banner, but the banner for one of my other shows is actually an AI uh, banner. And the problem is I can't own it. 
Yeah, you, you can't copyright them. You know, it's it's you just there's nothing you can copyright there, and and for some reason the government's not really looking to copyright any of this. They're just kind of like they're like, well, you know, maybe that's maybe a, that's not. a good thing in my view. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a good thing too. Well, and there's so many people use it for trying to hoax stuff, but AI is not quite there yet. There's still issues with hands and feet. I mean, it, it gets better every time I see it. it it's better. Yeah, let's give there, it another two years. There, there's still issues, and then. Um, and then there's a company writing a software so that they can know if it's AI or if it's been created by a human. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how the hell that's going to work either. But I always ask, I always, because, you know, for host, it's not as, I mean, for Arthur's, this is not a big a deal yet. It can write stories. They're usually crappy stories, but it can write stories. It can do them. Uh, um, you'd be surprised, though. One of the guests I had on, Jeff Weiner, uh, he's out there in Vegas. He's the first one that really, brought me into ai to to show me what it could do damage wise and um it's 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 there's just so many things that this can be used for but for authors it just doesn't seem quite it's the stories get disjointed but he did a comic book while we were live on the show by the way it did the artwork the, the balloons and all the writing just from three paragraphs that he wrote it was actually pretty damn good if you would have been a kid, you'd have probably bought the damn thing, uh, which really bites because that's somebody's jobs going right out the damn window there. And and then now a bunch of a bunch of companies like Marvel and DC are decided saying, "Wait a minute, you're stealing this from our stuff. Uh, we want it's copyrighted." And they're like, "No, it's AI. You can't really copyright it against AI." I don't know where the hell this is going to end up. I know it's going to end up in court a lot. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see yeah. some regulations. Yeah. I would at least just like a stamp of this was created with AI at the bare minimum yeah. so that way people know. It, it should have to be included in the software that some kind of watermark or something that shows that, hey, this is AI. Yeah. That and for contests like this, eventually they're going to have to do something like that anyway because, you know, we've already had people try to get in with AI art. So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one of them things. Uh, what does that fill up? No, AI's got a lot of uses, but it, not when it – the problem with AI is, 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 is people like Tyler could find themselves on the other end of it and uh, where AI is putting them out of work because AI can do a whole set in two days or, or 20 hours where that takes them two months. Um, you know, Because if you're doing art, you got to do it right. Well, no, you can use your computers. No? I mean, there's, there's lots of ways. Oh, I was going to ask you to do that. What's your, what's your favorite medium anyway? Uh, is it is it like Node or Word? I mean um, – I'm on the wrong programs. Um, I mean, do you prefer to use a, a book, a brush, or a program? Uh, I usually use Photoshop as uh, my go-to. It's quicker and um, less messy than all the oils. I also have sketchbooks everywhere. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> uh, I can, I can can. But uh, yeah, usually Photoshop is the one I go with and uh, a lot yeah. of painting. I kind of I favor the uh, more like magic the gathering old school dungeons and dragons whenever i get commissions a lot of them are for dungeons and dragons characters i've been playing since i was a kid well you'll definitely love larry then yeah <laughs> he's mr dungeons and dragons i mean jesus i don't know how much that stuff he did he yeah, did a lot to of it man bring one of my old uh editions but as yeah, someone yeah. was working it get a sign yeah get, get a sign because yeah he's great i mean he usually comes he's 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 he's, he's insane is what he is but um, he, the man got, he, man's at least 10 years older than I am. I'm pretty damn old. And, uh, he's, he just never stops. He can talk circles around me, which is amazing. Uh, we, we sat up, me and him, let's uh, it was Tom Wood, Larry, Larry Elmore, myself, and one of the student, one of the winners. 
And uh, I don't know, till like three o'clock. No, I'm sorry, about seven o'clock, eight o'clock the next morning. And all of us had things we had to do that morning. So there was no going to sleep. There was go take a shower, go have breakfast and go to work. That's <laughs> basically what it was. I think he had like a class at nine and then Tom had one at 10. I had two meetings at eight and another one at nine. I was like 10. I mean, I was like, this is ridiculous, man. <laughs> but uh, it's, it is a lot of fun. And um, there was so much information swaps It's stuff like that is gold because so much stuff was swapped in those conversations, things that you're not even going to hear in the classes. Uh, this was just, you know, more personal, how we got to hear, why we did it this way, why we chose these kind of models and just stuff that just don't quite make it all the way into the classroom. But there's always so much more material that does. And yes, both both Echo and Dan can be a little tough um, on this. But like I said, they've got you for a week. They want to yeah. take advantage of it. Um, what do you mean, Mike? Oh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, oh, yeah. Echo is the one we had. She's, she's got a line of what we call naughty oils um no that was her yeah there were still up though no those interviews are up we use them we use youtube for storage these days we don't really try to make anything over there anymore but we have two youtube accounts we keep for storage for all of our videos but yeah that's still over there you can find it just type in um i think she was on news and a flip side on um or just type in echo turning because her name's going to be in a title yeah or there's one with her, Tom, and Larry, which is hilariously funny. I gave him the snowball mic and let him pass it around. <laughs> Just that alone was worth watching, man. What do you mean? How, oh, um, Randy Quill wants to know how old you are for some strange reason. He didn't, he didn't give me a reason why. Uh, which He looks about 28 to me, maybe 30. Bingo, 28. See, yeah, see, good, yeah. Why are you looking for a husband or something? What the hell's going on here with all these questions? Get out of here, y'all. Y'all are strange some weeks. Mm. Well, no. So um, Shannon's right in. Shannon's actually a professional artist these days. I've been doing her for a while. Uh, she started out drawing stupid. I'm not even going to say it was back when we were, we were kids. And, and now she draws multi-million dollar drawings. She just wants to know, how did you feel uh, when Joni called you? Because she actually knows Joni. Uh, yeah, I... I was definitely excited um i would forbidden history grisly ghosts monstrous cryptids and harrowing folklore dominate japan's history and culture mysterious japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories urban legends and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format many of these tales have never been presented in english before our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Having. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's the mysteriousjapan.com. I was out uh, trying to visit some family. I, I live in Texas, so we have to drive in the middle of nowhere when I'm visiting some family. And uh, he told me I, I was really excited. Um, I didn't even know quite all the details. I didn't know they fly you out and put you up, and then you stay with art directors and all that. So she was explaining. Uh, all these details, and I was getting more and more excited. And then uh, my phone suddenly cut out. 
and uh, I had lost service. So I had to email her and then just wait like 30 minutes to get service again. So I was all nervous about that, but uh, it all worked out. I was able to call her back. Oh yeah. She, and she's like, I was telling Sky, she's a whirlwind, man. She just, just doesn't stop. I don't know how she does what she does, but she keeps track of everybody that's going on and knows everything that's going on. I was like, and still, man, just stop around and check on me for whatever reason she feels the need to check on me. I'm like, last time I said, you know, I'm a grown ass man, right? Johnny? <laughs> She's like, no, I got to check on you. I'm like, no, you're good. I'm not going anywhere, but you take good care of me. And uh, so it's great. So, you know, you're going to get up there. You, you, you'll see, you'll see sky up there walking up on the thing. And they do have a dress rehearsal, which I mean, a, a rehearsal, which is nice. Um, Cause a lot of people ask me, Oh my God, we just got to walk on stage and say our thing. I said, no, there's a rehearsal. <laughs> it's the day before there's a rehearsal. So you can go up and, you know, get a feel of how it's going to feel on the stage. Cause they have uh, three monitors up there. If you wanted to read, but most people write uh, uh, write their own stuff, and some of them are really good. Some of them are short and sweet. Some of them are like, "Oh my God, what the hell am I doing up here?" <laughs> I'm gonna have to start YouTube and uh, best speeches. <laughs> and well, you you know what? Um, the gala events are available. You can go watch them. You can just fast forward. Oh yeah, through. yeah. And um, there was a lot of different ideas. A lot of it was funny as hell. A lot of it was kind of serious. But you know, and then a lot of people have their families with them when they come out there. And, and, you know, when you get to the gala event, it's a Hollywood gala. There's going to be movie stars there and other people there and, you know, politicians there. And, and like last year, I met the uh, the general in charge of Space Command, which who's a very interesting fellow. Uh, uh, met some other things. Met the um, guy who replaced Johnny Depp on Jump Street 21 and his wife. They were very, really, actually very, he looks just like Johnny, by the way, but um, very, very nice people. Met a few other stars. Met a bunch of um daytime stars i'm like i'm like get away from me people daytime stars back back no just kidding uh there's just a lot of people at tim it's a it's a big big thing it's it's a hollywood event it's what it is and uh you'll have a lot of fun there's lights all over press everywhere uh there's a lot of press there but you know what it's all friendly press they only allow friendly press to attend the events awesome so very, you very exciting yeah, you don't have to, have to worry about anybody jumping you. And, you know, there's somebody out there, little cute people out there walking around handing you food while you're waiting to get inside and stuff. And, and they, they give you, what is it, salmon and filet when they get you inside. So they, they take good care of you. It's, it's fun, you know. What do you mean, Christopher? I don't think they serve booze at the gala now. I think it's, I think it's alcohol-free. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. They don't want nobody passing out on the stage. That's all. After parties, though. Maybe. Now, now, they, they, they got some wicked after parties, which, you know. That might be that might be not supposed to be talked about, but still. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you mean? Did I sponsor? First year I did because the first year I went, there was dual sets, so instead of being twenty four people there, there was forty eight. So there was a lot, and I was only there for five days or four and a half days actually. So there was just a lot of stuff to get done, and um, for some reason, we, a bunch of us ended up in my suite, and we had a party, and then we just in, take, ended up taking the whole party downstairs into one of the um one of the big rooms where we weren't supposed to be and then last year they had a huge one i mean there were like half the winners were in there partying down yeah it's 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 fun you, you drink you, well you got to remember in la you got to go buy booze before midnight if it's a weeknight and before 2 a.m if it's a weekend yes uh yeah i forgot about that the first year i was out there I'm like where the alcohol at Oh, there's a good video of myself and Tom and carrying Echo down the street with a broken foot. That shit's hilariously funny. 
That's classified people, just so y'all know that. <laughs> it really is. So um so what's your plans? I mean, we have a few minutes. Wait, wait, I mean, what do you what you I mean, any any place they can see your art or um any any way you want to go this year with it? Uh yeah, if uh, you just search my name, Tylervell dot com. I have my own website and then uh, also art station. Um right now I'm just trying to better my skills and uh get work so any art directors are listening, uh, shoot me an email. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because more and more, this just shows being pushed out to, um, because like John's friends with, with the people over at Barnes and Noble and books a million and places like that. And I'm friends with a lot of publishing companies, especially a bunch of small ones. I even got friends over at Amazon. So, uh, you know, they stay Popeye and listen, cause they're all doing the same thing, looking for talent. Everybody's looking for talent. You know, they're looking for that, that person that can, take it to the next step. That's, that's what they're all looking for. So good luck with that. Um, when, when I see you in uh, LA, what we'll do, um, usually when we're in LA, I'll get you to give me your website and we'll talk, we'll bring up some of your artwork and talk about it a little bit while we're talking about whatever. Cause by then, you know, we'll usually wait a day or two to let y'all kind of experience the, 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 the fun that's there. It's uh, <laughs> no, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's hectic, but it's fun. No, every it's not everybody's busy there. It's it's not just the winners. The judges are. The people who work there are. Well, you've got the staff from Author Services and the staff from um, Galaxy from Galaxy Press. Yes, and and they're just all of them are busy. Everybody there you're going to meet is really nice people. They'll go way out of your way to help you. Uh, and there's a lot of them running around in different directions. You'll see me harassing a whole bunch of them. And uh, it's just particularly ones I really like to harass. So. And you'll see. Them. They'll, they'll like, leave me alone. Nope. <laughs> Even I got a microphone and a camera in my hand. I'm like, hey, what's up? Let's go talk. No, no, get away from me. <laughs> they do work hard, though. All of them do. And um, one thing about them. Don't be standing around and put your ass to work. <laughs> I've been talking about when we're at events, when we're, when we're doing events. Uh, what is that, Pete? One question, because we, we well, we got to get our next guest. What's up? Oh, okay. So Pete just wants to know what, what was it that made you think that you, you could be an artist? Uh, did you, did you like mommy, daddy tell you it was good or, or did one of your friends do like a girlfriend, a boyfriend? Well, I got to mention girlfriend, boyfriend today. If I don't, I get hit on with people. <laughs> people are mean to me now if I don't say that. I know, man. No, as a uh, growing up, uh, I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and saw all those illustrations in there. And uh, that's great. Like, someone's got to be being paid to do these, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, somebody's got to get. And and you you see how much where Larry is these days. <laughs> Obviously, that's a lot of money in it. Yeah, and then uh, I was just getting normal jobs, you know, working at grocery stores, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna start branching out, try to make a real career out of this. So uh, started just drawing and painting all the time and really getting into it and figure there's there's so much illustration and design that's needed and, you know if you go on any website they have to be made by someone and that's right uh, there's a lot of work i could actually do in there and even though a lot of people are like oh if you become an artist you're going to be starving the whole time i'm like mm, maybe you may starve for a little while but, <laughs> it, it, the, but the truth of the matter is uh, if you're decent, you're not going to starve. That's really what it comes down to. It's it's really finding that first break uh, that that can bring you over to where you need to be. But um, for the most part, you know, if you if you're good at what you do, uh, you're not going to be a starving artist. You're going to actually probably end up being a wealthy artist. And it's, uh, there's a lot. Of, it's not like the old days when 
you know, we had like billboards and posters and, and certain types of art. That was it. Today we have the internet, which, which just needs, I mean, just this radio station alone, we have more than 140 banners between the shows, the station. Somebody has to do all that shit. Yeah. We, 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 we have what, uh, 36 websites for the network. All of those have to be made. And I'm just a small guy. You can only imagine what, you know, I heart and all of them, how much information to put out. And then everybody who does a video of, you know, not a regular video like this, but a video where there's any type of animation or artwork done, it's somebody's got to do that. Somebody's yeah. got to draw that. Somebody's got to sit down and draw the artwork ahead of time to see what the actual video is going to run before they put it together. Um, you know, or any, and then we know Hollywood it needs them just for pre-draws for its stupid shows. And, uh, and they don't want to use AI for some reason. Uh, you know, they're, they're like, no, we, we, we don't really want to use AI for this. We, we'd rather have somebody real. I think it's easier. You can't really bitch at AI. Oh, AI, you piece of bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, AI is going to give a blank, you know. They're going to be like, sure, bitch at me some more. Now, you might go away. The human might say, well, shut up. Or, well, you know, maybe I did mess up there. Uh, I got faith, man. Look, that's why I like meeting all of y'all. I know someone, somebody in these groups is going to break out and be the next Van Gogh or or what do you mean the next Steve Edison? Oh, you're talking about, I know what you're talking about. Now. That's a whole different thing, Christopher. Yes. Well, art is in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Even even in designing cars, you have to have someone who yeah. can illustrate. Shoes. Uh, yeah. So so someone will draw this first before they put it on sketch it out. They, they, before they put it into a computer and make the concept of it. And even that usually has to be done by an artist. Yes. Uh, AI is not quite. I don't want AI designing my car yet. Let's just be honest <laughs> about this, man. I, I to, I, we can wait a little bit before we let AI start designing my cars. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling the love here, man. No, I'm really not. Um, so um, I was telling Sky earlier that um, they, they, you know, when you, since now you're in the family, because basically that's what they consider this is a big, happy family. Uh, and I got to give them credit for that. You know, so I see a lot of y'all at places like Dragon Con or, or Fan X or any, or like any of the cons, because there's a lot of them these days. Because um, usually you'll see someone from Writers of the Future at almost every one of them. John loves to attend them and they go out, they go out to sell books, but they go out to make connections. And while they're there, they got this big double sized booth. They, they say, Hey, look, if you're going to be there, come sit at the booth, come sign some autographs, come sell some, some books, come sell some art. You know, that's, it's one of the things. And you get to hang out with the crazy people. What do you mean, Pete? No, no, Emily is not crazy. No, I'm not saying Emily's crazy. No, I got to see her in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm saying Emily's crazy. You're not going there with me, my friend. No, Emily Goodman is who we're talking about, John's wife. And she is the vice president of Galaxy Press. Yeah, she is. John's president. She's vice president. And I'm pretty sure Joni is in number three. Yes, that's 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 the group right there. Right as the future is a great group of people. They're, they're just a lot of fun to talk to, a lot of fun to hang out with. And I think y'all can really enjoy it. I mean, I think I, I think you especially, you know, the, the better, the lighter or the easier personality you have, the more you're going to enjoy this. If you get too overstressed, the better it'll probably put you over the deep end. But uh, most most of the people I see really have a lot of fun. You see a lot of laughter, some tears, good good tears, people, not bad tears. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, good tears, happy tears, um, lots of hugging going on, and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. And so I can't even ask you, you know, whose artwork you're for, what book you're doing, what story you're doing, because I'll get in trouble for that. And uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, people, we have something they do for that. So I'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> That'll be bad, Joe. Bad, Joe. Uh, but this all, everybody who's talking tonight with us guys are, are one of the winners from Writers of the Future. You can check them over out at over at writersoffuture.com. Uh, that's where you can join the contest or learn the rules or or maybe even take the free course to learn how to be a writer. And, of course, if you're interested in any of this material, including what he's going to be in, in book 40, which will be out in a couple of weeks, uh, that's over at, uh, what are you talking about? It's galaxypress.com, yeah. Yes, galaxypress.com. Riseofthefuture.com and Galaxy Press. Galaxy Press, where you go get the books. Riders of the Future, where you go write the books and put them in. There you go. You got it. Uh, Galaxy Press got a lot of stuff. Go over and take a look. There's a lot of material there. I've actually listened to quite a few. And every now and then, you get lucky, uh, and they send you something special, like I got Mission Earth on audio, so I've been listening to this. I'm on book five right now. It's ten books, by the way. And... Um, this 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 must have took like <laughs> six months to write. I don't, but I got to tell you this: uh, I can't remember his name now. Who does a lot of the voice? Um, he's he's usually at the contest too. Um, he's very famous. Oh, and let's not forget Bart Simpson's there almost every year. Uh, the lady who does Bart Simpson's voice is there every year. So. Really? Yeah, she's she's freaking hilarious, dude. I mean, she is like. I was talking to her and she just, we were just talk, talking about just random BS. And she just goes off and is, you know, I was like, I was dying. She's killing me. I said, stop it. I said, just stop it. I said, I got to go back to work, man. Sure, you're going to interview me. I said, I'll, I'll catch up with you before you leave. But um, uh, just, just like, like I said, there's a lot of good people that come in and you get special people come in and, and things like that. And other famous authors that drop in and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Other famous illustrators that drop in. Yeah, you see them and then, uh, they have a lot of Frank Fazetta's work around too for people to take a look at, and because he was pretty good at when in the day. But anyway, we got to go, man. We got to we got to bring on Amar down here. See, he's down here hiding now, all quiet. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm being good. I'm chilling." You, you chill. yeah, I'm telling you what, you you need to chill now because you have no energy left after a week. Uh, I, I can't wait to see all y'all guys. It's gonna it's gonna be a blast. Uh-huh. It, it really is, man. It is. Let me. But Tyler, you were great. And like I said, um, when we get together in LA, make sure we we you know we want to put your website up because we want people to see the artwork. So I'll let you pick what you want to see. And we can go through the whole thing if we want, because we can it, the interviews are as short as as long as we want them to be. So don't when you when you when you catch up when we catch up, just keep that in the back of your mind. So if you want to go through like your page, because we can pull it up right here, right in the room with us right here and go through everything you want to go through. And we can click through it just like you'd be on the website itself. Uh, same thing with the author. So it's it's uh, it's an extra benefit to using StreamYard. Uh, you can, anything anything that's on the web can be put into chat with us. Well, put into the videos with us. So something to think about. Uh, you, awesome. I would have done it tonight, but it's so short. I didn't want to take away from just getting to yeah, talk no with you. You know, and and uh, but anyway, we'll do that. But anyway, thanks again, Tyler. It. Yeah. Let me, right, let me. I look forward to seeing all you guys. It's oh yeah, it's, it, it, it's it's going to be a blast. Oh wait, who is this guy over here, man? <laughs> man, we got some good looking guys up in this room tonight. Man. Oh <laughs> man, shit, girls, y'all better just calm down for some piece of writing. I mean, you know what? I'm surprised no one's asking anybody if they were married tonight. That that's usually a question we get every night. Are they married? <laughs> like, I'm like, why would you ask if people are married, man? Leave these people alone. They got other worries on there. Uh, Omar, say your name for me, because I'm probably saying it wrong. You're good, Joe. It's Amir. Amir Gora. Amir. Okay, see? Yeah. Um, wait, say the last one again because I always like to know names. Amir Agora. Yeah. Agora. Well, I got that one right then. Okay, Amir Agora. Yep. I just got the first one wrong. Uh, Amir, man, so you hear author? You're a writer? Yeah, I'm a writer. Oh, yep. you're a writer, huh? Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if you know, um, you know, 
So we can't. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was picking on Taylor a minute because we can't find out who's who's whose artwork's going with whose books yet. <laughs> we have to wait to the witch call for that. And I don't, I don't want to get in no trouble with the boss. She'll, she'll become smacking me. So, man, so first off, title of the story. It's called Dakota, like Dakota. But oh, oh this this ought to be interesting. Yeah. So uh, I, now I know you all you can give me is a tidbit because I'm going to actually read it myself. So, but I mean, but for everybody else that's listening, we want to make sure to go out and buy. So we just leave, leave as tiny as you can get without giving anything good away. Gotcha. Leave them wanting more. Um, it's um, a story set in 1901. It's about um, a young Native American boy who gets selected by Teddy Roosevelt to hunt down a, an ancient creature in the woods. It's about... Oh, this, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Something I really wanted to write, just something uh, with themes that I find important, but also just fun. Something that I want to read myself. Yeah, yeah well, it sounds it sounds like it's going to be fun. I mean, it's uh, I, like, I like stories along like that. There was a story, I don't want to see similar last year, last year but it was uh, um, where she wrote... Um, uh, her family were monster hunters and she was hiding a monster right. in a closet. Nice. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, man. Uh, but you know, some of these stories stand out. So, I mean, your salary sounds like it is because of the way it's set up, you know, they'll send me this. I'll get a uh, volume 40 probably in about a month and then I'll read the whole volume. And then um, flying in an airplane, I usually read it again. Nice. Um, you know, that way I'm not bored out of my brain on an airplane <laughs> for four hours or three and a half hours, however long it is. And uh, that, that way it's, it's also fresh in my mind when I see y'all, That's you know, right. I, I, I can go in and I, and I can get a little bit more in depth because even, even then we'll flirt around a little bit more about what's in the book, but we'll only go still so far. Cause we do want people to go out and buy the book and, uh, and get all 12 stories or more. Sometimes it's 14 stories. So how many other stories they get out of there, but. It's a, it's a book for the anniversary one, man. So you yeah. won on the anniversary. That's pretty good. You and Sky both. I mean, and uh, Tyler, oh, that's all an anniversary one. So I know they would be in particular picky this year too. I, I'm not supposed to say it every time. <laughs> really? And uh, so, uh, so, so, that, so, so how many times? One, five, 10, 20, 30. How many times take the win? Very lucky. First try. I got oh, it. Oh man, that's two of y'all in here tonight. First tries. Oh man. I, that, that was just dumb luck. And I'll take it. Sometimes you win the lottery. You got to keep Oh Yeah. Money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to take it. I mean, authors don't get number ones as near as many times as illustrators do, but still, man, thumbs up. Congratulations. That, that's tough. Okay. It's, um, well, you know, we, I've, I've, I've talked to people who have won first and all the way up to, uh, I think the longest is 49 attempts or 50 attempts. Wow. Uh, I find most of them, for authors, it's usually somewhere between like 14 and 20, but they do get some get up in the 30s and stuff like that. And it really has to do with, you know, how busy you are, how much competition they are in a particular year. Um, you know, you never know how many people are going to come in and how many people are going to present that year. And I know uh, they've been increasing steady. I've been with them a while and I, and I know since I've been with them, they, they've been increasing quite a lot. Yeah, and there's a lot more people coming in from overseas and winning and stuff like that. It's one of the reasons I joined them in the first place because we have such a large over overseas audience. Uh, it it's just gives more people a shot to get in, you know. Yeah, and I, I love that. I love yes. getting those weird stories from all those places. Get something new. It really keeps the, the genre excited. Well, it, it it helps. You know, it does. It it keeps it keeps it exciting, and because you know, it's hard for everyday Americans to understand that not everyone thinks like an American does, yeah. or, or a Canadian, or anybody for that matter. So it's, it's just nice to hear you hear fresh stories, uh, different kind of ideas taken from a different point of view. Um, they're just they're just a lot of good stories that come out that way, and and I enjoy them. And it's yeah. just one of the things I enjoy because it's, 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 it's different. Um, what's that Pete? Well, no, I have an international audience. Yeah. I have actually quite a lot. This show has about 600,000 listeners, but 
my other shows, you know, like the uh, News and Flipside has 3.3 million. I think you have only covers around 4 million now. It's amazing. It's uh, so, and well, you have only covers 30 years old. It's been around. It's uh, syndicating like 40 AM and FM stations. Uh, it's been around for a while. So it, it's, 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 and it's fairly popular. And these days, since the topic's so popular with the government, uh, it's 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 probably picked up another million listeners just because of that. But yeah. um, and we 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 sometimes bring authors on there if it's if a story kind of fits in uh, w- with some of the stuff we're talking about. We'll let someone come on and, and and talk about their story or their book or or sometimes someone will come in with a new concept idea that they want to run by a, a sci-fi type audience. Uh, they'll come in and we'll let them do it. But the network's strange. We have all kind of shows on. We have health shows and how to make your life better and shows like these and other shows. Matter of fact, Writers of the Future, which is John Goodman's show, will be actually moving to to the open show for this one. Uh, he's doing a million listeners over there right now. Wow. Yeah, he's doing good with that show. Good he's been him. with us about two years, but no, about three years actually, but it still does well. I'm always proud to see him over there. I like to give him trouble, though. <laughs> I'm probably the only person I can talk to John like I do. Nobody, <laughs> if I get fired for talking to a man like that, right. I give him trouble all the time. Back along. Like, John, but you know, I enjoy having breakfast with him when we're there. It's because we get to talk. Uh, we'll talk usually once or twice, you know, we'll talk once a week usually, or maybe once every two weeks. But um, I get, I like getting to see him face to face, have breakfast. Because uh, he he always eats so healthy, <laughs> and, and I'm such a pair. Like man, give me some bacon. I need some sausage. He said yeah. you're gonna die. I said I'm already old, John. What the hell, man? Come give me a break. Yeah, you know how much how long, much long you plan on keeping me on his planet? <laughs> so I mean, so so you you got the call from Joni. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, minding your own business. Phone rings and. uh Joni picks up the phone. What do you think? You're like, oh shit, I didn't win, or or, or did it? I mean, what was that? Did you feel the excitement? Because I know some people, it's like a almost like an instinct for them. They know, oh my god, I won. They just see the number and they're thinking they won. <laughs> I was the exact opposite. I saw author services and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm someone spamming me. A friend from someone was pranking me. I didn't even pick up. And I looked at the voicemail. I was like, that almost looks legitimate. And I called back just to see. My girlfriend's like, please call back. It must be real. I was like, I don't know. And I called back and I was shocked. Yes, yes, yes. Joni, Joni, um, it's so funny because I I pick on her when I'm there. I'll I'll be like, so Joni, tell me about when you talk to these people, you know, when you tell them they're winning. She's like, what do you mean? I said, yeah. I said, well, the emotional state of the individual when they win. She's like, I don't know if I can, man. (laughs) It gets kind of emotional. (laughs) I bet you it does. Oh, man. super kind. She's one of the kindest people I've met. And um, she goes, the first call is just to tell you you're a finalist. And she tells you, um, listen, doesn't mean you're going to win. There's, I think, it's seven finalists and three are winners. Yeah. Right. And so she goes, even if you don't win, don't be down on yourself. It's such an honor just to get this far. And she's right, I think. So I was like, okay, I'm a finalist. I'm okay with being a finalist. It's my first try. I feel so blessed. And then I got the second call saying I won, and I was extra over the moon. Because, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, I can imagine. And you're going to get to meet so many people. You're gonna, and, there's, and the classes are great. I mean, there's so many famous authors there that have books or movies to their credits and things like that. And, um, and there's just, there's just a lot of nice people there. It yeah. amazes me how far out they, out of the way they go, especially the staff. I mean, they work the hell out of them people. That really, I mean, author services and, and, uh, and galaxy press. I mean, it's just nonstop the whole, it's just the whole time. And really, and truly when I'm talking to them doing after this, they're, they're just pretty much nonstop. They're always traveling somewhere. And then, uh, yeah, and then well, there's a lot of conferences and a lot of cons in, yeah. in the country these days. So, 
lots of places to go and and put out the word about writers of the future. And then they they did well. John was in Europe just recently. He just came back from Germany and uh, the UK. Yeah. Um, you know, promoting people like y'all. And uh, you know, book forty one is where Al by then, so he was over there promote, promoting everybody. Uh, what is it, Dean? You have to submit at galaxypress.com. That's all you got to do. Yeah. You'll, you'll either win or you won't. Little piece of advice. Read the rules about what you can write about. I always tell people PG-13. Yeah. That's that's what I tell them. PG-13 is the best. Well, because they want, they want clean stories that are fun and entertaining. And believe it or not, they've got 40 books full of them now. And there's no cursing. There's a lot of nothing you would see in regular stuff on TV these days. And the books are do well. People like them. There's a lot of great stories, a lot of fun stories. Yeah, because well, you can have a fun story without having to use the F word or have sex every five minutes. <laughs> no, I'm not anti. I mean, sure, you make all the movies you want like that. But I mean, really, truly, there needs to be some stuff that people can enjoy. And, and the movie that came out of it would be, what do you mean, like the Barbie movie? I never watched the Barbie movie. <laughs> I mean, what would what would look at me? What would make you think I watched a Barbie movie? I mean, really, it's not that I ain't got a girly side to myself. I do, but Barbie, no, no, no. Now, you know what I used to do at my sister's bars? I used to cut the fingers off them when we were kids. No, because <laughs> if you had a sister like mine, you'd understand. She was a <laughs> demon, man. I mean, she was a demon. Yeah. I asked my mom. I said, "Well, did you like have an affair with Satan or something?" I mean, this, this <laughs> child is a demon. My dad just laughed his ass off. I was like, I said, she's still a demon even today, man. I'm like, she's a grown woman. I'm like, check out. Just, not a Barbie fan, you know. I might go see some other stuff. Um, yeah. what is that, Denise? Denise, where you where you where you writing in from? You your text has an accent. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can't yes, you can have an accent in text. I know it's it's weird, isn't it? Let me think. Uh those two words make me think Boston or New York. Aha, uh-huh, Boston. See? I go. knew it. Nice. So so what are you doing, Miss Bostonian? What do you want? No, we're not talking politics. So what do you want? No, we're not talking politics. What do you want? That's Friday night. Yes, nine to midnight. You can come in and cuss all the politicians you want, but not 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 here. So so, what do you want? <laughs> so, see, you're not getting away with that. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. What do you want? I don't care who's writing a book. He's he's not in, he's he's not a legit author, and he may be a whatever one day, but he's not an author. <laughs> um, you mean submit to here to be on an author? Submit to here to be on the show. I-C-A-R at Cox.net. I-C-A-R at Cox.net. Write to me there. Don't expect an answer for probably a week or two because I'm really busy and I get a lot of emails. Um, yes, I usually have somebody filter through most of the junk. but So always, you know, always, you know, where it says subject, always put in attention, Joe. Uh, uh, looking for Arthur, looking to be on, on Arthur's Quill. That's all you got to do. And if you're good, I'll refer you to, to two of the other shows that do Arthur's on the network. Yes. Uh, well, we have host. Some of our hosts are actually authors. Uh, yes, we have a, we have PhDs in the network, bachelors in the network, authors in the network, just a little bit of everything. What do you mean colors? We have very colors in a rainbow on here, including a rainbow. <laughs> yes, no, man. This, this is the twenty. No, people, this is the twenty first century. This is this is radio for the world. I mean, none of the hosts even live in the same town. I do. My manager, who runs the station, lives in freaking Niagara Falls, Canada. Two of my hosts live in the UK. One, I got one lives in Australia. They're all over the United States. Cups down south and South America and all. Yeah, because it's it's a different world. You can do that now. And we can see we can talk to you wherever you are. 
Uh, Janice is asking because Goofy here won't ask a question. Janice is asking what what do you what do you really feel like you're going to get out of this while you're at Galaxy Press and and do you have uh, at, at Writers of the Future and do you have uh, any books coming out anytime soon? Oh, I guess I'll answer that backwards. One is a uh, I come from television. That's where I started when I got out of college. Oh. I work at Kids Television, which I love. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I went to Sesame Workshop. It's from Sesame Street, and then um, so I just I think it's my Paw Patrol. I work for Paw Patrol and Nickelodeon. So that's yeah. coming out soon. So if you have kids, go watch that. Um, and I'm at NBC Universal writing for a couple of shows over there, uh, kid shows. So I've enjoyed that. And then um, during the strike, I wrote uh, prose work. So I, you know, because you can do that, just can't write scripts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, that's why I wrote this piece and I had a lot of fun with it. No network telling me what to write. So I wrote an adult piece that I really enjoyed. And um, so I'm hoping to get more, you know, prose, meet people who I love. I fell, in, I fell in love with science fiction through my father. He used to read the stories in the audiobook, driving to work and back, and he'd tell them to me. Yeah. So I've always been a fan. So um, I'm hoping to meet the people my father read to me so many years ago and, and learn how to write. And you'll get to meet some of them, yeah. Speaking of that, you know, 40 will be an audiobook. 30, uh, 30, uh, 39 is an audiobook. Yeah. Because, well, because people like me bitch. Um, John, I bitch at John all the time because – you know, first of all, I have to commute. I have, I own a, I had to own this radio station, but I own a construction company in New Orleans. Well, these days I live on the Gulf Coast, so it's about an hour, twenty minute commute. Right. Well, man, I, I can listen to quite a lot of audio. You know, like sometimes I'm listening to Mission Earth, or sometimes I'm listening to, to stuff maybe from people like y'all or other stuff that people sent me, or even research. But it's it's it gives me that time to do it. And then a lot of times when I'm in, like later on today, I'll be doing archives. Well, I'll put something on while I'm doing the archive. So, you know, I you know I can listen while I'm typing and working, and uh, so I get to hear a lot of stuff and. It's it's just it's just it's better for me because if I have that I can't take the time to read that much stuff I just don't have the time yeah. it's not it's not going to fit into my life and it's it's just going to make things aggravating so this way I can listen enjoy I have a good imagination and, and to be honest with you I've got to say um, the three audio books of theirs that I have listened to the uh, sound effects are freaking fabulous Mission Earth is ridiculous with the sound effects they have in there and. Um, I can't remember the guy who's playing the protagonist, but he's he was one of the keynote speakers last year. Uh, he's a very famous uh, guy who does uh, a lot of different voices, but I, I can't – for some reason, I just can't think of his name. But uh, he was a lot of fun, and, and I, I interviewed him just recently uh, about six months ago, and he, he's a blast to talk to. So for me, I can listen, enjoy – you know, and, and when I do an interview, I can say, well, somebody said, well, did you read my book? No, I didn't, but I actually listened to your book. And yeah. and, and there are a lot of them you can get on Amazon now uh, converted into audio, but it, it just depends. No, we're not. No, whoever just wrote that, listen to me. I'm not taking any story and putting it through Microsoft, Sam or Samantha. I'm not going to hear, well, this was the story to a dad. No, I'm not. I, I will blow something up. Okay, <laughs> no. It's not going to – maybe 20 years ago when it came out, there was no other thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. What do you mean read online? I hate to read. I had to read three stories to my damn software on this computer so it understood my damn coon-ass accent. <laughs> it was like – oh, I'd tell it stuff and didn't want to go do something. I said, like, no, that's not what it says. <laughs> it's just <laughs> aggravating. As a, I felt like Ozzy Osbourne there for a minute. Um <laughs> No, my car is ignorant. No, no, my car and I fight all the time. Right now, I'm driving uh, my cars, my other cars in the shops. So I'm driving a Chrysler 300S. They, I'm a preferred customer at Avis, so they upgraded me to it. And I'm like, really? That's this a gas guzzling? You know what? And she's like, 
she's like, I said, I just wanted a new Camry. And she's like, no, no, you're preferred. We're giving you this one. I said, well, next time I'll get some stupid little Kia and you'll give me a Camry. <laughs> and she said, you know, we'll give you a pickup truck. I'm like, no, no, we're good. Just leave me alone. Now I do like to ask because it's got the full moon roof. That's kind of nice. But mm-hmm. yes. Uh, Jamie, I think I, I, I already liked the title of the story. So I, um, well, I'll know when I read it. Oh no! Look, I have no qualms. I'll be like, if I read it, I'm like, well, I'll be like, what the hell was this? Please do. <laughs> and, you know, it's um, no, it'll be a lot of fun because next time I'll talk to him, I'll be able to talk to him about the story itself, and it'll be we'll be able to talk to. I mean, some of the story we'll be able to talk about on air. Yeah. Well, because you lazy people want you to buy the damn book, and y'all know I'm going to give away probably two hundred. I'm going to do every year. So, yeah, I, but I want you to read them. I want you to know it's in there. Look, like, um, no, it's not there behind me, but there's some great stories in there. Oh, Delene, you're talking about this book. No, this is not a Writers of the Future book, no. That is actually a friend of mine, Gary Hasling, wrote that book. It's called Non-Human. It's about the Rendlesham Forest event in um, the UK. Yeah, when the base went on alert for four days and all these colonels and people said they saw things landing in the woods. That's what that's about, yes. I'm actually in the movie, Capel Green. I did the voice stress analysis on the... um, main witnesses wow yes oh yes people have degrees in voice stress analysis facial recognition body language even text yeah i i um not because of alien research no uh, you know what so i used to work for a company a long time ago and uh i went in one day they brought me in to be a, a training manager they, they they wanted me to be their training manager for their store offered me a good job well while i was sitting there there was a VHS with a videotape in it. So I plugged it in. I'm watching while this guy's doing whatever he's doing. So I watched, I had it on fast forward. I watched about four hours of it, you know, like 10 minutes. He comes back in. I said, I got to show you something. I said, did you find any thieves, thieves on this tape? He's not watching front and back. There's nobody on there. I said, really? I said, come here. So I fast forward. Oh, there's one. Fast forward. There's. He's like, Jesus Christ. And I'm doing this at fast forward. And he's like, he said, dude, we might need you for a different job. He said, you know what? Let me talk to, to our uh, executive VP. He said, I think I want to bring you on for a different job. And sure enough, they hired me. To, they sent me to school for all of that uh, because um, they would they would bring in managers. Because I always used to tell companies, especially uh, chain stores or convenience store companies, I said, your biggest thieves are always going to be your managers. If your inventory is out of control, it's not your help. It's your managers because they have the opportunity to take the big money. So, and it was just funny as how that worked out. But, uh, so I had to go to school for all of that. So I learned all of that lovely stuff, which I try when I'm, when I'm in a conversation with people, like if I'm out to dinner with a group or something, I try not to even look at them when I'm talking to them. I just, I don't want to know. I just, I, you, cause they'll do things. And I'm thinking, Oh, this, this SOB has got a whole different thing on their mind. And uh, so it's, it's just one of them things. And I usually, when I do interviews, I don't tell people about it cause it makes them nervous. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I also know how to hypnotize you. Wow. Uh, yes. I can, I can put you through hypnosis. Got a bachelor's in, in advanced electronics and avionics too. And life, just something else. See, I like what you do though. See, I'm in TV and media, but I like what you're doing. Writing, right. You know, it takes a special something to write anything for kids. I mean, people always think they can write for kids. I mean, really and truly, everybody thinks they can write a kid's book, which is absolute BS. But um, it takes a special mind to, to be able to pull yourself down, put it out there where you know it's going to be enjoyed by whatever group you're looking for, whatever your your target audience is, right. and, and hit that target audience. And feel good about it because I mean it's it is kids so you you know you want to blow their brains out or nothing, uh, so so it's yes no, yes no Jimmy no I mean um, I had some friends work for um, 
Sesame Street. They were pretty strict over there for a long time. I know um, they will only let one guy write uh, things for Big Bird for forever because okay. some somebody went off on and with some words. They weren't bad words. They were just double meaning words, I guess you could uh, say. Yeah. And then uh, and then another friend of mine over there, he said, uh, well, he left Disney and, and went to um, PBS, actually, mm. um, because he said Disney was asking him to write what he called woke stories. But he said, Joe, woke's not bad. He said, but these were just ridiculous. He said, he said this, this was just, he said, I couldn't do this. He said, this was just writing. He felt like, he said he felt like he was writing propaganda. Uh, and this was for kids. This wasn't for adults. So he said, I, I couldn't. He said, I just, he just couldn't do it. But, uh, you know, other than somebody saying PBS and Sesame Street and them could be strict. Other than that, I always heard it was a good job. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I met some people that worked for Mr. Rogers way back in the day. I met him just recently. Yeah. And they said they were so strict on that set. It was, he said, you couldn't even fart on the set, man. You get fired. <laughs> he said they were just, just so strict. Yeah. And, uh, well, actually, Jenny, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about the guy. I think he had three sons or something. No, I've never heard. Mr. Rogers? Uh, yeah, I've never heard anybody say nothing bad about him. Um, he might want to be one of the few, yeah, one of the few people that actually managed through TV with a reputation intact. Uh, yeah. But still, I mean, so, I mean, what was it? So one day you just said, okay, I can, I can write kitty stuff. Or were you working for a company and they said, hey, we want you to write this or – um, because you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see where, how do you get your brain to say, okay, this is what I want to write. Uh, or this is what I have to write. Can I actually write this? Yeah. I, I started, I was teaching at the university. I was a student. So I was tutoring, uh, other students and I was tutoring in the prison system, former convicts and helping them. Well, learn well, man, you, you go buddy. I loved it. And they're the, yeah. and they're the most down to earth and uh, willing to learn students. Cause they're really trying to get their lives back together. And I had a blast doing it and it, it was really rewarding. And then um, helping them get their voice, I wanted to write myself because I always loved literature, loved to read as an English major, poli sci. So I, I uh, got Final Draft, that screenwriting software, and I applied to the first thing I saw, and that was Sesame. I spent time learning the software, trying to write a script. And again, I got lucky the first time I went in and they, they selected me. That was the day after I graduated. So I went right to Sesame, spent my time That's there. excellent. That's excellent. Uh, that, they taught me everything. They're really yeah. nice. At least when I was there. Yeah, so I'm saying no, no. They were always everybody always said they were nice. They were just kind of strict on on on. I guess it would be protocols on what you could write. Yeah. Um, I, I, or they just knew what they wanted, what they wanted the stories to be, or or not yeah. so much what the stories were going to turn out as, but the overall content of the story. You know, oh, we don't we don't want to see a big bird walking the street with a bottle of bourbon or, <laughs> or, or the Grinch hanging out, you know, yeah. uh, with, with a fifth in each hand or something like that. Uh, and I. What do you mean? Who don't watch Sesame? You mean PBS? Who do you mean? What do you? Who don't watch PBS? For PBS is a public broadcaster, yes. But what are yes. you talking about? Nobody watches them. Mm, I would have to disagree with that. I really would. Um, what was them stupid um, Teletubbies? <laughs> Yeah. Them things went ballistic. Big Bird still ballistic. I, you know, this uh, uh, the Grinch is still ballistic. I love that. Pretty much every kid, even the Z-Gen, doesn't know what the hell Sesame Street is. So I, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And there's a lot of other things on PBS. In there. Now, granted, they, people might not be watching that, the the British show where they're reading the book to you and stuff like that. But, right. you know, but what do you mean? Doctor Who, that's where I learned to watch Doctor Who. At, but I'm going to kick you in the ass is what's going to happen next. <laughs> I, I can see, you know, I know how to boot you from here. So you better behave yourself. Um, but I PBS, I would have never known about Doctor Who. 
yes, I am a geek. I'm both a, a, a nerd geek because I like technology, and I'm other geek geek because I like I like games and sci-fi. I love any good sci-fi. Yes, I do. Same. You know, if it's good, I want to. Well, you know, we, we can go over a couple minutes. Um, just recently, you know, I was watching. I was rewatching Altered Carbon, which is yeah. Okay, people, Alton Carbon is definitely adult sci-fi. I'm not even going to tell you to let your kids watch this because there's so much nudity. It's ridiculous. But the theme of the story and the technology of the story is very solid, and it's not that far. It's not, it's not, it's not in the distant, distant future. It's in the relatively near 200-year future from us. Same thing with The Expanse. Expanse would actually be probably within the next 200 years as well. Expanse was how we conduct ourselves in politics, which is how we do it today. And exploration of, of the galaxy will probably of the solar system will probably go pretty much along the lines uh, that Expanse laid it out as. So it's good sci-fi. It's fun to listen to watch. It's no, it's not twenty five episodes a year. So you're not going to get uh, one hundred and fifty episodes out of six years. You're going to get maybe sixty. Um, I, I, don't ask me. I don't know why we went from. So when Doctor Who first aired, it did fifty episodes a year, and then it went to twenty five episodes a year. Now it's 10 episodes every two years. Yes. Don't, don't ask me. <laughs> and what pisses me off about this is a new doctor who looks like he might be a decent doctor. We, so we get a, we get like a spit in the face from him and then we're not going to see him until 2025. Wow. Really? I'm like, come on, man. You should have gave us at least one or two episodes somewhere in between. I mean, you teased us with David Tennant. I know, man. I, I, I'm, what do you mean, Discovery? No, we can't get into that tonight. We got to go because we got another guest coming on. But no, Discovery. <sighs> Discovery is good sci-fi. It's just not good Star Trek. I, I, it's hard to explain, but unfortunately for Discovery, it, it it went, it broke all kind of rules. One, that's not how the Klingon War went. Not even close. Uh, there's lots of other things they did on there. They can't. So it got so bad. That they beat they beat up Jandra so bad they had to send him to the future. <laughs> well, it was either that or, or cancel. I mean, they didn't have a choice. So many people, sci fan, uh, so many Star Trek fans were bitching. Uh, it was either do that or not. And the future thing would have been cool, but they must have forgot that the Doctor's um, mobile emitter came from the same century that they sent the Discovery. So that really just made for more confusion, man. I was like, I was like, does any, you know, you should if you're going to write for Star Trek, you should have to go around and maybe watch several different types of Star Trek before you go right for their asses. No. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, Emperor Jojo. I loved her. I thought, I thought the lady who did that job played a fabulous captain and a fabulous evil bitch. I really do. I think she did a great job. Um, what's her name? Who plays the, the, uh, what's her name? I can't think of the cat. The one who plays the captain now. She's actually a good actress. It's just, this show is not really designed for what they're trying to do. It's, it's, We'll see. This is their last season this year, so we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe, maybe they rewrote it or something. Everybody on the show actually is not decent, not bad actors. It's just the show is first off kind of disjointed. Uh, maybe you know what? Maybe we should have you go over there and write for their asses. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, man. I think it. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I'd say look, this guy can write for Sesame. He's done one over writers of the future. Y'all need to let him come write some some episodes of Discovery. Yeah. I have no idea what's the new next Star Trek coming out. I do heard there's one coming out. I also heard there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. But uh, sometimes I get lucky because I have friends in the business and, and I get things ahead of time. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like the rest of y'all. I got to wait just like everybody else does. 
you're talking about Picard. Picard was okay. I'm not going there. I like the last. Everybody had to like the last because it was just basically generations got old. Is all it was. I did hear that they're trying to give uh, Jerry Doyle as her name uh, seven and nine uh, series. So wow. we'll say. Uh, I don't know. Can she support a series or not? We'll have to wait and see. See you, Mark. There you go, Mary. You got a job right there. If you got a good and, enough writer, she can support it. I'm plus, sure. you know, watching her walk around all day long, it can't be bad <laughs> for your blood. Yeah. It's got to be good for your heart, man. I don't tell my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean you don't know who Seven and Nine is? Have you ever watched Star Trek? Seven and Nine. I, I fell for this woman. Okay, first time I seen her, I was like, what did they do? Paint her clothes on? I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, what the hell? No, Gene Roddenberry always liked you know what's, but um, that's very appara- apparently Miguel did too because I noticed on what was it? Um, uh, what's the one with Dylan Hunt? Andromeda. The girls are kind of built the same way. Yes, uh, I don't know. What do you mean Andromeda? Uh, okay, Andromeda was Hercules in space. <laughs> it's not just it's just what it was. <laughs> It's it's not horrible or anything like that. No, it's not. It's it's okay. I mean, it's all right. And then one more. Okay, one more before we go. What was it? Um, oh, you're talking about Farscape. Yes, Farscape was weird. I mean, it had its moments. It had, it had not had its moments. That's just I don't know what to say. I, I did like the blue girl. I want to like Chiana. That was one of my favorite characters. Um, no, John went to um, Stargate, didn't he? Didn't he end up playing the last two years of Stargate, I think? Yeah, because uh, What's-His-Face retired. MacGyver retired, and the guy who played uh, on Farscape got his job. Him and the, the woman that played there moved over. Yes. And you know what? I hardly get to even watch any sci-fi, and I know that. Uh, we got to go. No. Um, you just heard a man say you got a girlfriend. <laughs> That's like a shame on you. Oh my God. She goes, Oh, he's good looking and he's got a job. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, Jessica. Give me a break, man. And he's got a job. I'm like, Oh Lord, man. Y'all been been in this economy too long. Life's going to change. Just leave it alone, people. Uh, But we're going to, we got, well, no. um, Who are you talking about? Oh, no. I know who I can't. Give me a second. I'm getting old. My brain don't work as fast as it used to. Um, oh, I can't remember. No, that's not who it was either. Well, if it ever comes to me, I'll I'll, I'll hit you up with a text and, and let you know. It's um. Well, no, there's just so much sci-fi out there. No, I am not watching 1999 again. Not ever. <laughs> not ever. Not ever. I watched it one time in my life, and I think I was like 14 or something. I'm not watching it again. I'm sorry. It's it's it, it's sci-fi, I, I'm, and it should have been good sci-fi, but no, it, somebody blew up the moon, and away the moon went. So, and 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 as far as Galactica goes, it just depends which Galactica you like. There's three Galactics that pick one. Oh, there's going to be a new one too, um, because everybody. So every, a lot of people liked the last one, but a lot of people didn't because there was no um, comedy in it. So you can't have good sci. It doesn't matter how bad sci-fi. I mean, how, how whatever's going on in sci-fi, you have to comedy. The world be, could come in, and somebody's going to crack a joke as the elevator is plummeting it to its death. You yeah. can't be completely serious all the time because it's just not sci-fi. Then, uh, no, what do you mean? If I knew I was going to die, I'd be probably cracking jokes all over the damn place. Uh, it's just it's part of the business, man. I mean, 
So where Galactica should have been better than it was, they just they just went and Starbucks went a little crazy there for a while too. Uh, I I don't you mean because she was a woman? I don't that didn't. She could have still played the personality of the other Starbucks even as a woman. They just chose not to go there. Well, because the original Starbucks was what we would call in today's world a dog. <laughs> yes, he was a womanizer. There you go. How you like that? That's his character. That's who he was. Uh, the new Starbucks was just insane. Yeah, so. And everybody ended up being a Cylon. <laughs> it's, it's, no, really. Everybody ended up being a Cylon, except for the captain. Everybody ended up being a Cylon. Uh, don't ask me. Stuff like that happens, and, and it goes along. Um, Pete, no, no move that. Who is that? Uh, Stephanie says, why don't you write... What do you mean crossover? I don't know what you're talking about crossover. Oh, you mean sci-fi fantasy. Okay, yeah, well, I'm sure he could write five. I have no doubt that he could write sci-fi sci-fi fantasy. On TV? For anything. She was talking about book, TV, anything. Uh, I well, was, yeah. I guess all books can be made into television or uh, or movies. It just depends on how big they are and what. Yeah, what kind of story you're telling. Oh, no, Christopher. So Babylon 5 was actually written before. All five. It was written as a book. Actually, I think it was written as more than one, but it was written and then the story was put on television. Yes. Babylon 5 was good for one reason. It was the way the humans will be in space. Yes. Jump gates or other types of transmission. Everybody fighting an argument with everybody, politics, bullshit going. That's that's us. That's that. Unless something changes soon, that, that's going to be us in space. So, so eh, you mean special effects? They hold up mm, 70, 30 maybe. It's getting old now. It was in the nineties when it came out. It's 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 got its it's got its good points. It's got its bad points. It's like any 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 sci-fi. So go watch it and tell me what you think. I haven't seen it in, in probably a decade, to be honest with you. No, it's it's on one of my. Uh, matter of fact, somebody bought me the the box CD set. It's somewhere in the house. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up giving it away this Christmas, but. Well, I got it in other ways. I think it's digitally in one of the computers as well. So, and people collect CDs. I, I, I don't. Do I even have a CD player in the house? Yeah, I got one. I got one. That's it. I got a, a Blu-ray in the house. Is what it is. Uh, no, we're waiting on. I think uh, who's next with us is. Uh, I think it's Stephen Bentley is next with us from Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm gonna hit him again. I always hit everybody twice. Be on the safe side. Uh, what are you talking about? What are you cooking? But don't, no, 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 don't, don't de tease me and send me pictures of food. That's like sending me pictures of porn, man. What the hell? Uh, see how fans are? They, they just mistreat you, man. Just treat you <laughs> out of love. Yeah, 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 I know. There, no, I'm telling you, you, you want to buy me a pizza? People buy, no, I've had many people buy me pizzas over there. I've had people buy me other food over here. Yeah. I had one show up in the middle of a show one time. A lady bought me a, uh, she sent me a steak dinner right in the middle of the show. Nice. Uh, she, yeah, from the local steak place up here. And I was like, the guy, I had somebody go answer the door and it comes in, beautiful steak. I was like, damn, bro, you couldn't have waited just 40 more minutes. I'd have been off the air. So then I had to sniff the thing the whole time while I was on the radio. I was like, man, I'm going to cut this show short. Torture. Yeah. It was, it was. And the this, um, Glenda, there are actually still nice people in the world, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. There is. Well, as he will find out while he's out in LA, um, Amar will find out all kind of people out there are nice and weird and strange and 
Oh, well, that, that's true. Don't walk around LA if you don't plan on getting high. Jeez, uh, <laughs> ask man. So we, 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 we left um, last year. We went to Lowe's. So we left the Lowe's hotel to go to over to Arthur Services, take some pictures. There's like nine of us. Uh, five of the judges and and my, no yeah five no four judges myself and four winners and we we left the Lowe's hotel we get outside there's three guys out there just blowing the whole neighborhood up so I'm like come on dude move and I said I'm getting high and I ain't even walked five feet yet so we walked down a little wise we hit the corner there's a whole crowd of people down there smoking you had to get squeeze your way through then you go a little further and there's like there's like these five guys that were blunts about this big around. I'll just and you know they they and they see these old guys go by so they're flowing at them and stuff. I'm like Jesus. By the time we got to Hollywood Boulevard, I was already high. I knew, they, <laughs> and I and I and I'm, I've smoked before, so I knew these poor guys behind me were lit. By the time we got to Arthur Services, it was just it was a Saturday night, and um, everybody was just smoking it up. You know, the whole up and down the whole street. No people, it's, it's recreational. Who said that? No, it's recreational in, in California. And you know what's funny about California is they won't let you smoke in a hotel, but you can smoke that damn weed now all you want. Oh, yeah, I, I was on the sixth floor. John, poor John, come down and get me one day. I think he was high before he got to the elevator. <laughs> I kept my room shut. I was like, Jesus, people. That's I'm telling you, the whole sixth floor was just smoking it up, man. It was insanity. It was, it was, it was, oh, I don't know. No. No, not that. See, down here it was like for this year for Mardi Gras it was like that because it's legal now in Louisiana now. So uh, we stopped off in a club, and the guy said, "No smoking in the club." And then everybody pulls out a vape, and the whole place is high as hell in five minutes. No, I don't even get the marijuana. It's just what my construction company, my insurance is. So if any of my guys and myself would get would get hurt, we have to take a drug test. And if we get drugs in our system, they won't cover us. Yeah, no, I'm not anti any drug. No, I don't. Well, some drugs I am, but. Pot? No, I could give a shit less. You smoke all the pot you want. If I didn't have to have a drug test, I'd smoke it. It's just, uh, no, no, ain't nothing wrong with it. Unless, let's, no, no, let's not be like them idiots in Colorado who eat a bunch of edibles and fall asleep at the stop sign and shit. Okay, no, let's, let's, no, let's not even go there. But, uh, more, I got to bring Steve in. Well, let's grab Steve right here before we let you get out of here. A little drag, Mr. Steve. In the hey, Steve, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? Man, I like that last name. You got one of them cars parked down the driveway, man, or something? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> if only. That's what I'm saying. Man. I, got, I got two friends that own them. I'm, I'm always like, one of them got one of the old ones. It's, um, it's I don't know what it is. It's, it looks, it's got the little small, short front seat with the wooden dash on it. I don't even know how you get a driver in it, and then the rest of it's just, you know, playground for the rich people. <laughs> but anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Mr. Steve Bentley's with us. He is one of the winners at Writers of Future. Arthur, right? Uh, illustrator. Oh, Illustrate. Oh, he did two and two tonight. Damn, I got to watch yeah, yeah. him. He's getting slick on you tonight. Oh, Illustrate. So Illustrate is interesting because for a lot of different reasons. But so uh, let me, first off, first first win, I mean, uh, how many times did it take you to win? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I think I, I ended about a decade ago and uh, got an honorable mention. This was my second time. Oh, see, it's um, it's interesting for me because the Illustrators do the Illustrators too tend to, to win faster than the authors do. Uh, authors usually take a little longer to win mm-hmm. anywhere. Well, I've seen one go as far as 50, 50, 50 attempts. Well, people, it's not fifty weeks; it's four times a year you can submit. Yeah, yeah. And some people submit religiously four times a year. Uh, it really, it's, it's. I don't, I don't think the people who are listening tonight understand that there's actually some pretty fierce competition here. It's not like you know, oh, twelve people entered, and that's the twelve people got it. It's more like twelve hundred people entered, and, and these twelve people got it. Uh, actually, I think it's more than that, to be honest with you. So, uh, and you're competing with overseas now, 
It's yeah, uh, yeah, you know, so it's it's a lot of overseas people coming in. So, so uh, what? First off, let me ask you this. I always ask this question: What was it that made you think you could draw or write? Or it's something I've always done when I was a kid. Um, I used to draw on the walls. Oh my god. <laughs> My dad, See, I, I hated kids like you. I still do because I, you know, on a construction company, covering shit up's a pain in the ass. Yeah, my dad used to. He just he started getting me paper and and stuff. So I good I've dad. Always, good I've always dad. done. So. Dad, dad got smart here, son. Let's let's try to get this off the wall and onto the paper. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, but but kind of I mean, do you have a particular uh, thing? You, so let's let's go to mediums first. Do you have a particular type medium you like to use? Um, uh, I use traditional stuff, basically, um, paint, pencils, um, you know, and that sort of stuff. But um, I do a little bit of digital stuff, but I, I kind of like the the feel of the paper and to have something yeah. physical done at the end of it. Well, because some of my friends get mad when I say this, but I, I have found a lot of the the hmm, just going to get me in so much trouble. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the better artists tend to use traditional stuff, and I'm not even talking. This isn't an age thing. This is just a thing. Um, I've, I've talked to now, well, from writers of the future, I've talked to what, 12, 24, 36, I've talked to 60 illustrators plus all the judges. And besides that, I've probably talking to, because we do so much stuff on the network, probably another 60 or 70. So what I found is over the years is that, you know, a person that can command certain, certain skills, I guess, in the older version end up being better artists. Digital's not as hard. I mean, even I can draw a stickman in digital. <laughs> I can't draw it on paper, don't mind you, but I can draw it in digital. Um, Chris, I'm serious, dude. I can't draw a stickman. I, I look, you know that game Hangman. I, I look. I, we don't even go there with that shit. I just have no skills at all. It's it's a sad state of affairs, but because you know, I find. Um, I guess maybe it's a tactile sense that allows y'all to be to be. Well, that is my alarm system. Uh, maybe it's a tactile sense that allows y'all to really feel feel it better. I mean, a computer is kind of self, kind of disconnected from the art. I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. I, I think I feel a bit like that. The other thing about it is, I think for me is that um, it's very unforgiving. If mm. I make a mistake, you made a mistake. Yeah, I'm sure I'll delete it. I have to like, um, you know, think of a creative way of fixing it or incorporating it into what I'm already working on. Um, so it tends to make me. Um, a lot more careful i think when i do things because i don't i mean maybe i'm going to get into trouble now for saying this with the digital people but um i it's i think the thing of it is it's because it's so unforgiving that i tend to um think a lot more about something no, i agree started. so i don't know and, and i agree and i'll tell you what i'm not gonna say which three judges they are but i know three judges that are very famous and very wealthy that would actually agree with what you just said so cool. No, people, I can't give out names because I don't want to start any trouble with anybody. <laughs> um, well, no, because digital arts on it. And, and so like with some of them, they'll start with a sketch uh, and then they may move it into digital and mm -hmm. turn it into something. And then they may move into oil and do it as an oil. So that's a little bit different because, I mean, they did start with a, with a, with a handwritten or a script, with a sketch and then they, they fix it up a little in digital. And then whatever medium they're really going to put it on, which a lot of time is canvas, um, they put it on canvas, which I've been amazed at how many of the judges do canvas work. Um, I actually, for a long time, I thought it was like a dying thing in the United States. And then when I got involved with this group, I realized, oh, no, it's not. It's alive and well. And uh, I have seen some beautiful oils uh, from this particular group, not just from the judges, but even from some of the uh, winners. I I've been quite impressed with what I've seen. And um, 
I know, you know, I, I, there's people in my family that actually have talent that can, that can do it. Not me. I'm not one of them, by the way, but uh, they can. And, and I just, I don't know what it is for me, but I have a thing for oil. Um, I, you know, it's not personally to draw it cause I couldn't paint worth a crap. I mean, my, my company, if you want me to paint your house, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if you want me to paint your mural? No, you got to hire somebody else to do that shit. And, uh, but you know, that is something I did notice. And I don't know if, if it takes a special skill for this. Maybe you can tell me. Yeah. We, I've we, been, we, I've been trying with oil paints recently. I've not really, I'm, I've been more like watercolors and acrylics. Um, oil paints is a very, it's a very different them. medium because it's you know it takes so long to dry and you can push it around quite a bit and there's things about it i really like but i've really really only just started dabbling in it um it's i don't know this I, i'm trying to decide whether i like it enough to carry on trying with it to be quite honest i know it's very yeah. popular right now and it, it is popular right now and, and i don't know how long it's going to last but it is and you're right it is very giving so you do have a lot more that you can move around and Believe it or not, you can mix the oil color on the canvas. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah if you make a boo-boo, you can fix it that way. So what do you mean, Jack? How do I know that? I know that because I do. I own a construction company that does oil for only in big buildings. We use latex for everything else, but oil we use on particular type of jobs. But we have people who come in and do murals for us. now. So a lot of times they'll use um, – they'll put it in like with some type of pastel. I don't know what it is, like a chalk. And then they'll come back. Most of the time now with a latex, not an oil, and uh, mainly because so many companies now don't want a whole, you know, 25 by 25 wall mural painted in oil because it's right. it's an insurance thing. Yeah, yeah Christopher, because it's, it's oil and oil catches on fire. Latex doesn't. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, in a big building, that comes down to your insurance, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it's, it's just it's one of them things. And in some ways – for me, I've noticed, you know, latex gives you some advantages over oil, but then there's some things with oil that latex just can't do. Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a tough thing. And, and I'm not an artist, so at least I can only have to go by whatever, whatever venue I'm, I'm painting in. So I, well, for someone like you, it's got to be a different, a whole different thing to look at. Well, I kind of, I'm more of a watercolor based um, stuff that I've been doing. And it's just what I'm used to. I mean, I feel like I need to try and adapt a little bit and try some more trial paints, but it's um it's an expensive undertaking for a start. No, oh, I know. I know. It's it's not cheap. I know a couple people have gotten into it recently and uh, it's them the little tubes of paint ain't exactly cheap. And cheap. uh and, and believe it or not, people they don't spread as far as you think they do either. Big canvas can take up a lot of stuff. Um but you know I now see now as you tell me about the pastel colors I have seen – now, I live down on the Gulf Coast. Uh, mm -hmm. I was born and raised in New Orleans, and I live my, – my business is in New Orleans. It's a lot of station is too, but my house is up in uh, on the Gulf Coast. And you see a lot of pastel or a lot of watercolor paintings down here and really well done ones. So you, there might be a festival or something out there. Uh, uh, you see these – I guess because – a lot of the homes down here, especially on the beach, are colored in those type colors, like you know, a pink or a green or you know, a bit lighter pastel type colors. So I see, I see the artwork down here reflects that, or maybe the homes reflect the artwork. I'm I, to be honest, I'm not sure which one it is, um, but it's one or the other. But I'm telling you what, man, you could probably sell some paintings down here. This is stuff there they eat up like candy. Yeah. Where you at? Where you up north? Where you at? I live in Portland right now. I'm actually yeah, you, you, you in hell is where you're at. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm way out of the way, yeah. No, actually, Portland's a great town. Uh, Seattle used to be a great town. I don't know what the hell happened to it, but 
I, I've got I've got friends up in Portland. Uh, one of my friends who moved it is, uh, is a doctor, and uh, she always tells me she's a candle. I'm like, what do you mean you're a candle? She said, Joe, there ain't no black people up here. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, I'm telling you, Joe, I'm the doctor up here. And she said, I'm walking through downtown Portland. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, is anybody any other different color? <laughs> she yeah. cracks me up with this stuff. Uh, she's actually from, um, she was raised in, uh, well, she was born in Africa, raised partly in Europe, in London, actually, uh, moved out to Phoenix where her family was, and then decided she wanted to be a nurse and moved to New York all on her little own. And now she's a full age PhD doctor in Portland. Uh, she lo- and she says she loves it out there. She says it's great. She said she's it's she said people are friendly. It's nice. It's clean. She said she thought about moving to Seattle until all that you know occupy Seattle shit happened, and she don't want to go up there anymore. See, now I did see a guy who did the um, the Occupy Wall Street. He did it in a pastel, and then he did it in a, a an oil. But somehow he made them both look really kind of deepest oranges. Na- I, I don't know. The whole, I don't even know how to describe it. It just looked nasty. That's mm. the best way I can say it. It, 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 was just, it was just a nasty overall. So you got any particular things you'd like to paint about or, or animals, people, places? Uh, I do the fantasy stuff pretty much exclusively. I mean, I, you know, I grew up on comic books and, you know, Frank Frazetta and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, Frank Frazetta is great. I've just been you know, enamored of it ever since I can remember. So. Matter, matter of fact, here, let me show you something. Mm. Quick, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. That's a Frank Fazetta right there. Yeah. The one in the corner. Yeah, that's a yeah. Frank Fazetta. That's signed and numbered, baby, too. Nice. That's, a, that's a very rare one back there I got. Um, uh, there's another one where he did the line I'm trying to get, but Sarah won't give it to me for a good price. That <laughs> <laughs> I, I care nothing but trouble about it. I'm like, come on, Sarah, just – you know you love me, Sarah. Give it to me. I'm not giving you that. I'm like, come on, baby. You put me to work every time I come up here. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. damn, she's tight. Well, um, I don't blame her. No, I don't either because they're very they – are. you know, um, I had done a show with John about Frank Frazetta a while back, and we had a lot of his artwork. We were just, you know, posting toward the man just – he was talented is the only way you can say it. Yeah. Uh, he just had a lot of good stuff to it. He did. He seemed to do a lot of different uh, – he, he looked like he did a lot of different venues in, in the way he painted. Uh, I know I, I know he's done some oil. I know he's, he's done other stuff, and it's just um, – he, yeah, it he just seemed to enjoy it. I think that's really for him what it came down to. He was already successful, and I think the rest of his work he just enjoyed doing. Yeah, and, he, was, um, he was a talented cartoonist and painter. He was, he's, yes. I mean, the guy was amazing, so – yeah, and, uh, I but, and uh, Bernie Wrightson was a guy I used to. Yeah, that last, was it last year, year before they we they were doing an anniversary for him, and uh, somebody said something to him. I said, "Well, he was the, he's the Dean Martin of artists." And it's like, well, I said, he got that Dean Martin look about him, and <laughs> he does. He kind of even looks like the guy. I said, yeah. he got that same kind of swag. He's always wearing a nice suit. I mean, he's just you know, it's just who he is, and uh, and I've heard him talk a few times. He, he definitely had that kind of swagger, and he was very extremely talented gentleman. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's passed now, Christopher. No, he's he's gone. But um, I, I wasn't even that long ago. I don't think. But uh, no, it's been cool. Yeah, it's um, but but no, he was talented. Yeah. Well, not everybody's gonna know who he is. No, he, I mean it's not. I, I don't think most Z Genos will know. Uh, even when they're looking at his work, like if they had seen Battlefield Earth, that's what that is behind me. That I was, I was showing Steve. That's a Battlefield <laughs> Earth poster, and um. So, you know, unless they've seen it, they might not even know he's he had done that kind of work. No, he's he's I I really wasn't even that familiar with familiar with him until about ten years ago was introduced to me 
uh, by one of the one of my friends of mine who's an illustrator. He said, "Oh no, Joe, you need to go look at all of this." And then when I met the group from Writers of the Future, they re um, introduced me to him again. So I mean, his art. It's just it's just fun to watch. So where are you headed, man? I mean, what 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 you want to do? I mean, you got any any particular things you just want to go paint or? I mean, um, I've I you know I'd like to do more freelance work than I do. So you know, I yeah. think this is like a fantastic opportunity for me. I mean, it's literally like a once in a lifetime um, thing to happen. And I keep expecting somebody to turn around and say, "I'm sorry, we mean the other Steve <laughs> Bennett. We made a horrible mistake." No, no, they don't. They don't make mistakes over there. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, well, they're really good. You, I mean, you could really enjoy the. Um, I don't know how many of the judges you're familiar with or not. When in the illustrators, but they they've got some really talented people over there. And uh, I mean, Echo Jernick, Echo Turnick is the coordinating judge, but she's gifted. And uh, I've matter of fact, her and I did a couple of videos because uh, she had done a lot of oils. What I call the Naughty Girl series, and uh, so we were going through her oils. When that and she was the first one of the judges to put a, a virtual shop up. Hmm. So she showed everybody how she did it, and she'll bring it to the class and let them see. So you can walk through her shop. Wait, I think she's in Portland, uh, or is she in Seattle? I don't know. She's somewhere up there, so I have to go check to be sure. But um, I think she's in San Francisco. Was well, she moved back? No, last time no, because last time she said she was way the hell up there. Oh. Maybe they did. I don't. I don't keep that close to track them, so <laughs> I don't want to say for sure. Um, but I, I, for some reason, anyway, we'll find out when we get there anyhow, but she's, mm -hmm. uh, she really put a, a nice shop together and she was, uh, she's married to Lazarus Black and, um, he was actually a winner two, I think two years ago. He, he actually won the contest wow. and, uh, as a writer, not as an illustrator and he's an illustrator by trade. So mm -hmm. they've got a great shop up there. They do a lot, a lot of artwork. Um, they have a lot of stuff going on. They're a very talented group of people. Uh, Christopher, you're talking about Dan Santez. Yeah, Dan DeSant Dan Santez. I always want to call him DeSantez, but he's nice. He's tough, but he's nice. Echo's tough, but she's nice. Tom is, is just really good at what he does. Tom's a commercial artist, so he's a good person to talk to. Um, mm -hmm. he, he does like for the NFL and the NBA and places like that. And, and uh, so he's got an idea of what it really takes to be involved with that kind of art. Echo does, she does like commercial stuff for like tea companies and food companies and things like that. So, yeah, believe it or not, people, everything you see on television, there's an illustrator behind. Yes, everything. Whatever, whether it's a commercial, a TV series, it doesn't matter. There's an illustrator that had something to do with that. That's the way things work. Now, I don't know for you. Um, I know uh, the gaming companies right now are big looking for illustrators because they, they started wanting to bring in illustrators to oversee their AI. Um, so I guess, so I think what they're really doing is they're using the illustrators to do the designs and concept of what they want. Then they're letting the AI develop it to a point. And then they're bringing the illustrators back in so that the illustrators can take it from that point, you know, and make it a lot faster. And that way they can still copyright it because right. if they do it the other way, they can't copyright it. It doesn't matter who they are. If you design, you can design a whole video game off of AI. When you put it out to market, you can't copyright it. So right. uh, that that's not going to work for anybody. It's just, it's just not the way. What's that, Philip? Uh, well, gaming companies can be anything. It's it's you're you're thinking sci-fi games, which is true. But I mean, I mean, you, they got tennis games, they got golf games, they got basketball games, they got all sorts of games. They got trivial games. Uh, they've got board games on video now. See, all that stuff takes illustrators. Every 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 one of those jobs. But is it a job you really want to get into? Because I mean, those get kind of mundane after a while, you know. Because you just 
you know, nonstop doing the same crap all the time. No, I think I think Steve is really looking to expand, especially with the kind of art where I think he wants to expand into maybe the, the general market. What do you think, Steve? Is that where you're going? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm uh, my my goal ultimately be like you know independently freelance stuff. Um, I'm. I, you know, I've done a few jobs for game companies in the past, and it's kind of nice to have that um, freedom almost. And I think a lot of places these days do tend to hire and contract people to do specific jobs rather than have somebody on staff. Yeah, and that's true too. It's it's cheaper on them. Mm. Uh, they, you know, they, in the end, they're getting they're getting they're still getting what they want, and they're getting and they're paying for it, but they're only paying for for you know they're getting a set price from whatever the, whatever the illustrator is telling them. Yeah, then they get the choice of illustrators. This guy does this stuff well. This guy does this stuff well. So they can pick and choose that. And if if they need, they can always bring in an extra one here and there, or one or two here and there. What's that, Kirby? Well, no, I mean when it comes right down to it, it's it's a better thing for the for the companies. You don't have to keep that staff on. Well, you're going to always have some right authors and some illustrators and some programs always on staff because you're going to need some things. But in general, for big projects like Let's say the illustrators come up with a particular project. They might just contract it out. Maybe contract it out one, maybe contract it out to more than one person. But it's a, uh, and those contracts are usually pretty decent money. What I've personally found, what I've personally found about authors, illustrators, contractors, and other professions is most people undervalue their worth. Oh, it was a hard lesson for me. I'm not even going to lie. For as my, when I first got into contracting, it was a hard lesson for me. And I was always thinking I was charging too much when I was way under what I should be charging for. And then I got with this old guy who'd been a contractor for 50 years who says, let me show you how this really works, Joe. And sure enough, just a year with him, I tripled the amount of money I was making. Tripled. Yeah, because I was undervaluing what I was worth, yes. Mm-hmm. Same thing in radio. It's, it's the radio, painting, illustrating, author. It doesn't really matter. You have to know your self-worth. You really do. I think Steve got it under control. He's a good-looking guy. He's, he's ready to go cause, cause some trouble. Yeah. Them illustrators are bad. You got to watch them. Illustrators, man, they just, woo They was, especially if they're over like 20, 30 years old, they bad, man. Damn, illustrators get out of control. Uh, what is it, Carol? No, he's going to be in L.A. with the rest of us. Um, oh, speaking of that, I meant to ask you this. You get a website. You get any website with any of your art on it? Yeah, it's called uh, stevebentleyartwork.net. Okay, so w- when I see you, uh, when we get together in L.A. to do a little bit longer of an interview, I'll have you, we'll, we'll put your site down here in the scroll so people can find it easier. But what we'll do is we'll go through it because we can bring it up on the screen with us. It'll put you and I on this side of the screen and it'll put the artwork dead center of the screen. Cool. So we can go through it and show them. You can, you can pick out pictures or we can do them all for that matter because we'll, we'll, that's a different setup in L.A. You know, we can go anywhere from 15 minutes up to two hours so. We we leave that up for the different the different guests. I mean the different because some of the illustrators are young and get scared, and I can be a little bit scary sometimes. So tell me I get like twenty minutes with them. Most of the authors are going to be at least an hour. The good illustrators are usually going to be an hour too because they they have work they want to go through, stuff they want to show, stuff they're proud of, uh, and that's what we're there for. I'm, I'm friendly press, and that's what we're there for. And all of this is going to go on, there. and a lot of this will go on the website when we come back. Uh, a lot of the videos that we do here will go on the website when we come back. Uh, we, we'll have a special page just for those those archives and videos so people can just go find and look at them. So, I mean, they're on YouTube too. But like, you know, YouTube for us is storage. Uh, we gave up on making money on YouTube because every time we get anything big over there, we get kicked off. So we just said to hell with it. 
Yeah, we do. And we're not even doing anything bad anymore. We used to do all kind of crazy shows on network. Now we, we don't. And still it's the same thing. So we just, we just say, okay, that's, that's the way you want to do this. Then uh, we'll just use y'all for storage and we'll put everything somewhere else, which, which works. And you know, you're on, actually on television today, you're on Roku television. So anybody who's got a Roku television system in their home, which I think, uh, I think it's 180 million people have, they can see you on television today. Uh, well, that last time I checked, there was about 26,000 people watching us on Roku. Uh, all together tonight, there'll be at least 600,000 people cross through this show tonight, at least. So, you know, how many are actually here at this moment? I, I don't really know. I'd have to go pull the system to see, but uh, I already know the show's been averaging somewhere right around 600,000. So, um, do they buy stuff? Do they not buy stuff? I have no idea. This is a new show. This is this is really only like the tenth show of this 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 new show. So we're still learning what it's what it's good for. We don't we don't know who's listening to it. Uh, we had some ideas. Uh, we know definitely it's people who who are into books and art uh, because you know they're coming here for that. But uh, or they're the kind of people who buy stuff, or they're the kind of people who just watch stuff. They're the kind of people that want something for free. I have no idea yet. <laughs> Just don't. I know the people listening to UF on the cover don't want to buy anything. They are the laziest SOBs I've ever seen. The ones, the, the ones that watch news on the flip side, though, they, they buy stuff. Um, they actually will buy. They won't buy books, mind you, for some reason, but they'll buy all kind of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we sold, we sold, um, I don't know, a couple hundred lightsabers for a guy last year. Uh, we were giving them away, and every time we gave one away, they'd come back and buy these damn lightsabers were a thousand bucks a piece. Freaking. Do I have one in here with me? Where's it at? Oh, it's over there. Uh, I mean, they're cool lightsabers. I mean, they, you know, the ones like uh, Kyle Wren's, uh, his was uh, $999. Um, Obi-Wan's was about the same. And they, they they started at about $150, but the ones with $150 didn't have no sounds. And yeah, I mean, really? I said, $1,000 for a toy? And, and, and I asked the guy, I said, how many do you sell? He said, I sell a lot. So he gave away uh, 36 last year and 42 this year. And out of that, he sold close to a thousand lightsabers between the two years. Hmm. I'm like, man, I should have asked for a cut. <laughs> Maybe it's, I make lightsabers. Hey, you know, it, when when I was at Fanex this year, there was three three different groups making them over there. And uh, Dragon kind of thing was the same. And there was big crowds around. Yeah, yeah. I was like, really? I was like, okay. Maybe. I was thinking, maybe I'm need to change professions here. And uh, they they have all kind of extras you can get. It's all retarded stuff, but. <laughs> um, but the funny reason I brought it up is one of the guys there, one of his people there, is an illustrator who designs the the hand, the uh, the hilts of the lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So they've got permission to use, um, you know, all the original designs from Star Wars, uh, which is Disney now, of course. Right. And uh, but they do design other ones besides that, you know, that they can charge less more money for. The ones that ones that are Star Wars related, they have to charge more. I imagine they have to pay at least some fees to, yeah. to sell them, but. Um, the other ones are, are nice. And what's funny is they come with, you can get two different types of tips on them. One is a glass tip and it's a very delicate tip. It's very pretty. And the other one is what they call the fighting tip. Cause I didn't know they actually have contests where they go fight each other with these damn things. Um, and it's made out of a hard plastic. Thank God too, because that's the one I got. Cause I've dropped it. My dogs kicked it over. Shit. <laughs> one of my dogs was trying to chew on it the other day. I was like, really? Right. Yeah, so it's, it's just one of them things, but we'll get your website up next time. We'll, we'll get all that up there. We'll, we'll just kind of go through it. You can pick, I mean, it's, when it comes to the websites, I'll let y'all decide. Cause usually we'll have enough time to go through all the material, but if not, we let y'all decide what you, you want to show people and not. And uh, it's easy to control, 
you just will bring it up in here and then just tell us where to go from there. We'll just click, go, click, go, click, go. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure most of the time we have the, we have the ability to expand and, and zoom in and stuff like that. So it's a nice, it's a nice feature to this particular uh, radio system or TV oh. system actually. So, and, and that way in, in people can actually kind of get an idea of the process and things like that and a little bit into your head and kind of stuff, but it's, it's always fun. And, and also it gives you, um, like a little mini resume that's already on a video and y'all are allowed to use these. Cool. So, so we, the, the station owns them, but we own them in the fashion that they're here for y'all. I mean, they'll always be up and people can watch them, but you can download them. You can send people over to them. It's whichever way you want to. If you want to send it out to somebody that's, you know, you might want to show your artwork that you want to be explaining it to. I tell, that's why I tell the illustrators, especially I said, when we're doing these shows, think about this as kind of a selling pitch because you might want to send these off to somebody you want to do work for and say, Hey, look, this is how I came up with these ideas and it helps them to understand the artisan. I know, I know four of them last year got jobs off of them. Cool. And uh, one of them was one of them we, we got with this gaming company down here, which it's a hate love relationship. They're paying him $150,000 a year. And uh, he, he said, and he said, I'm doing a lot of work. He says, just nothing I personally want to do. I said, well, sometimes that's a bitch, man, but that's life. <laughs> I said, if they're paying you good, you know, and then, yeah. and then, but then he thinks, you know, if he could just sell them individually, he would make more money and he may be right. But then again, he might be starving to death too. It's, that's a flip of the coin is where that is. Well, I guess it's a business as well. You know, we have to think, you have to be sort of pragmatic, pragmatic about so that you are going to do jobs sometimes that you don't necessarily want to do, but. You know, it's um, it's still a job that's much more fun than a lot of jobs. Oh yeah, it is. You're it making arts, it's great. Yeah. Somebody asked me why I got into construction. Like, I got, I got a bachelor's in advanced avionics electronics, and somebody goes, "Why do you do construction?" I said, "Because I like it." Mm-hmm. I said, "I like the finished product." I said, I, "I said I'll take pictures of a product, some dilapidated piece of crap that's fallen down, and then six months later, it's, it looks it's beautiful." And mm-hmm. it's, we did that, you know. It's, it's just a sense of pride is all it really is. It's the same reason I got on the radio because I enjoy doing it. It's uh, mm-hmm. I, I I figure why why do a job you fucking hate? Excuse my language. I mean, really, I, I would rather I would rather make less money and have less stuff and enjoy my job than make a lot of money and be miserable all the time. And and by the way, I've been there. I, I used to I used to uh, be a bigwig back in the day for a company, and they paid me really good. I'm not gonna lie, and um, I was miserable. I was working 70 hours a week. I was just miserable. And uh, I, I was like, well, I called him one afternoon. He said, you're quitting. I said, yeah, I'm giving you my 30 days notice and I'm out of here. He said, well, well, you, you can't. They give me all kinds of reasons why. I said, I'm going. I said, I said, what kind of severance package? I'm getting? He said, we're going to give you, we're going to give you 90 days severance and any reference you'll get will always be a great reference. Adios amigos. And, and, mm-hmm. and I still run into them people from time to time, but you know, I, I, I enjoy what I do now. I have fun with it. You know, it's it's fun bidding against people. It's fun getting jobs. You know, it's it's anything else. Oh, and about before I let you go, that's one thing you will get to hear a lot of there is they will if you have questions about anything financial. There are several of the illustrators that are quite good with that. There's actually several of the authors that are quite good with it as well too. Um, so anything you might might be thinking about, and I know uh, Dean uh, Wesley Dean and I did. Uh, what, what's an escort? What's a corp? What's a, you know, what's a corporation? We went through all four of them for um, for the group there because everybody was saying, well, should I get this? I said, no. Sole proprietor is all you need in the beginning. That's all you need. Until you make X amount of money, that's all you need. 
S corps are fine, but you're not, you know, you're not really going to need that until you get to a certain point. And S corps really are a thing that is more of a safety net to, to keep your, your, your private property safe. Uh, like if you did something or your business went crazy and, and caused some kind, that's really what they're there for. Um, and then of course, corporations for when you're making a couple million dollars a year, that's what they're there for. It gives you a lot more breaks. Uh, but it's just, it's just stuff like that. I mean, it's little things like that, but you, you'll pick those up and, and it's all kind of other little stuff they can tell you. And from time to time, they actually know where some work is. Uh, or sometimes they need help. That's what I was telling Vale Tyler earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen several people get hired, several illustrators get hired uh, to work with other illustrators there. You know, they get a bunch of contracts they get behind this. They want to keep the work. So they bring somebody in that they know, you know, can do it. And they, you know, they'll, they'll, they're going to spend all these days with y'all and they're already going to have their your artwork in hand. So that they'll know, you know, say, oh, well, this, this person can probably handle working like this or working like that or working like this. Uh, what do you mean, Chris? All right. Last question before we go. We're already over what? What? Come on. Oh. You mean models. Okay, so Chris is just based. Chris, where are you from anyway? New York City. Well, hello up there in New York, man. Um, cold, rainy, nasty up there? Yeah. No riots in the streets or nothing? <laughs> just asking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, bad Joe, bad Joe, bad Joe, bad Joe. Anyway, where'd, you, where'd your question go now? I lost your question. You better find it because I'm fixing to leave you out of here. Mm, I don't see it. Scroll it down, scroll it down, scroll it down. But you did deleted it or didn't rewrite it. Then how's that? Just make it easier on yourself. Oh, anyway, so she's done changed her mind or he's done changed his mind. He, he said, do you have any, like, do you have any artists yourself that, that you mean like mentors is what you're talking about, right, Pete? Okay. So he, so there's two different questions here. One is, uh, do you have any particular mentors uh, that kind of, that you've kind of, I know we talked about Frank Fazetta earlier, um, so is anybody else other than that? There's been a few artists that I've, I mean, you know, over the years, there's a guy called Len Mirinch many, many, many years ago who, who actually got me into art school and um, helped me a lot. Um, he's since passed on. He, he's probably a guy that nobody's ever heard of who was a big influence on me. Professionally, I mean, from a from point of view of artists I followed, I mean, when I was a kid, I was big into comics and I used to, um, you know, Brian Bolland was a very famous guy who did Killing Joke, which was a huge mm -hmm. Batman story over here. And uh, of course, Bernie Wrightson, who um, is a big hero of mine. I love his stuff. Um, my stuff's my pop art people. I don't think it's really like traditional artists. I would point my finger at. It's more like, you know, comic book guys and that's, that's still fun now. I mean, all, all, all that kind of stuff is fun. It's got to be honest. That's, that's the people that influence me more so than any sort of traditional famous, you know, Picasso's and that. No, no, I mean, you're not the first person I've heard that because, I mean, um, not that there's not a lot of famous artists out there that could have in, impacts on people. Yeah. I have noticed more and more that it's it's more subtle than that in most cases. Uh, I have heard more, more many times that, oh, I was – uh, writing on my desk at school, I was drawing on my desk, and teacher came up and introduced me to another teacher who took an interest in my work. And mm -hmm. next thing I knew, I had a career. You know, so I, I do see that, and it and it does seem to happen with illustrators a little more than other other professions for some reason. Maybe because it's such such a visual 
uh, thing. Because for an author, it's a lot more. Somebody's got to actually sit there and read your book and decide that they want to help you with an illustration. You may walk up and see something that may actually do physically in a desk and say, well, that, damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. A good friend of mine used to draw. Um, they used to have a contest where you would, you, you would draw the little, I guess it was a dressed up mouse or something. It was always in the back of a magazine somewhere. So he actually drew it on his desk at school one day. And his, his teacher saw it and showed it to his uh, one of the, the art teachers. They brought him in. He and the, he right now he's teaching to art at Tulane University, uh, making about one hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year, nice. uh, and, and loving it. He loves it. He said he said I still get to do my stuff I like to do. And he he does contract work. Um, part of his contract with Tulane was that if certain types of contracts would come up, that one of his students, one of his more advanced students, could help teach the class while he was out doing that which was a good deal in his case because uh, i know just recently he does he did some work down here for mardi gras and, and that's another thing then people who do the mardi gras posters you don't want to know what kind of money they make lord have mercy uh, uh what's his name larry hatch or larry hash i think is uh, harris he drew the devil and angel series um so he was smart he, he did the first one and it was really popular and uh, so he, he, he was going to do four or five more for him. So he said, look, I want I want a much bigger commission off of this. So he asked for 12%, uh, 15%. They gave him 10. On that particular run, he made $11 million his second year on sales. Altogether, before it's all said and done, $47 million when he retired. And his oil paintings, were, I bought one of them. I found one of them in New Orleans, um, the one where the devil's standing behind the angel. Um. This guy had no idea what he had. This was the original oil that all of the damn posters were based on. And it was signed the whole nine yards. I walked in. It was all dusty and dirty way in the back. And room. I said, what do you want for this? Oh, about three grand. I said, ain't no way, man. That thing's ruined. I said, I'll give you $700. He said, all right, go ahead and take it. I sold it on auction for $71,000. Nice. I could have probably got more out of it, but I wasn't. Because I'm not an art collector. I do, do, I do keep oils in the house from time to time, but only for stints because my personality is too wacky to stay on one particular thing for too long. So it just moves around. That's why you can't see it. But in the studio, this studio actually has four studios in it. So this is what you see right now. See, you had seen the Frank Fazetta post. There's a whole nother thing over there. Then over there's a whole nother one. It's just whatever mood I happen to be in. Yes, it's called crazy people. That's what it's called. But uh, Steve and I had a blast with you tonight. I look forward to us getting ready, getting getting to be able to see some of your artwork and getting it out for people to really get a look at it. Uh, see how you feel about after you're there a couple of days of the whirlwind and uh, right into the future. It's a lot of fun. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you and tell you it's easy either. But it's it's a lot of fun. I, I mean it's. It's nonstop. They're always going on. They do do. They uh, Echo likes to bring in real, uh, real, um, real models, which is nice. Oh, that's what that other question was. She had asked. She said, "Have you ever worked with models before?" Oh yeah. And, and uh, so and and she and and she, and that Echo brings them in. So it's, it's always fun. One of the places we were staying, I think it was the Roosevelt. They do a. Um, it's like a. Um, it's a. It's like a burlesque show they do. I think it's on Friday night. I noticed we were there last year. Several of the artists were in there drawing uh, while the show was going on. No, Carol, it's not full burlesque. Nobody's getting naked. Now. It's not like that. No, it's not. We're not even going. Here. People get naked in Hollywood. We're not talking about that. This is at the uh, Roosevelt Hotel. It's yeah, a fairly famous hotel. And it's, it's in a hidden room. Matter of fact, this room, you don't even know it's there. It's a little sitting area where you sit. And there's a whole big bookcase right there. 
you grab the bookcase and you pull and the bookcase opens and the room is in there. Cool. Yes, it's got a it's a cool place. And do not ever order a whiskey sour there. They were fifty bucks. Duly noted. <laughs> so other than that, you, you, that was just I looked at the girl, I said, I looked up and I said, 50 bucks. I said, and what am I getting? <laughs> I already, already looked at me like, what did you say, Josh? I said, I said, 50 bucks, what is I getting? I said, she can't be for that damn drink. <laughs> I had a bunch of the illustrators with me that night. Shit was hilariously funny. They started, the girls started telling me something. So they started drawing pictures of her on uh, napkins. <laughs> I was like, they were insane. And I'm telling you, these people are insane. But Steve, I had a great time chatting with you. I look forward to meeting you in Los Angeles. Um, like I said, everybody, you're going to have a blast out there. Probably learn all kind of interesting stuff. But I, I really find that for people like you, you'll probably have specific questions you're going to want to ask while you were there. And, yeah. and they may have specific things they want to tell you when they look at your artwork while you're there as well. So okay. uh, it, it's really a beneficial for everybody. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a lot of fun. And like I said, I can't wait meeting you. Guys and girls, we got to go. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Authors Quill. Remember, we are here every Saturday, 3 to 5. We're never, we never end on time, but we're here 3 to 5. Well, the Gray Zone is going to start – well, so the Gray Zone is going back into syndication, so it will start being here in a couple of weeks. And then Michelle told me yesterday that her and I are going to start doing a few new shows for the Gray Zone. Uh, Michelle DeRoche, who hosts The Outer Realm, she's been every freaking sci-fi, ghosty, paranormal television show that's ever existed. Uh, oh, God, I um, – I can't show y'all her television because it's for the station, but there are more than 350 appearances or, or series she's been in. Oh yeah. It's insane. And she's insane because if it's scary and nasty and like someone died there, she wants to sleep there. Oh yeah. She's crazy. So that's why she's in charge of all these crazy hosts. Cause she knows how to deal with them. Anyway, guys, and girls, we got to go and thank everyone for tuning in to United Public Radio and Arthur's Quill. I will see y'all. Well, I'm not back until Wednesday. So y'all will see me on Wednesday. Uh, be sure to tune in with John on Monday and all the rest of the shows. Catch Writers of the Future and the entire Monday lineup, which is a great lineup these days. And again, I'll see you on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So behave and stay out of trouble. And be sure, I'm only going to say this one time, get your ass out and vote this year. I don't even care who it's for. Actually, just vote. That's all I'm saying. This is my favorite saying. If you don't vote, you can't bitch. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I 